are back. We are back. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 61 of the SoCo Show. It's the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the SoHost, Seth Ott. <laughs> and uh, we got a fun show. A lot of cool stuff. Of course, uh, Spider-Man, the much-anticipated video game, has dropped. We're going to talk about that a little bit. NFL Week 1. Uh, we're going to spend a little time there. And I'm very excited to get back into one of my favorite segments. I am going to describe the, <laughs> the plot of The Nun. I saw The Nun over the weekend. And uh, I'm excited to kind of share uh, my experience a little bit uh, about that one. So uh, lots of fun stuff. Of course, we're going to have news in all the usual places as well. I want to start with gross. this. <laughs> yeah, the usual places are gross ones. <laughs> uh, so I, I did see The Nun this weekend. I saw it in Chicago. I spent the weekend in Chicago uh, with some Should friends. I, told? I took all my friends. So Seth was left here. <laughs> and... Uh, Went to see Childish Gambino in concert on Saturday night. Got to tell you, that guy puts on a hell of a show. <laughs> um, if you know anything about Donald Glover slash Childish Gambino, you know that he's a showman. And uh, I was not disappointed by his antics on stage. He had a one really cool moment that has sort of gone um, a little bit viral, or a lot of people are talking about it, where he sort of stopped the show and talked a little bit about Mac Miller, oh, who, really? who died last year. Uh, last month, last week. <laughs> how long last has it hour. Been? How long has it been last since minute, Mac Miller? Last minute, last second. Anyway, um, he, he died, and so uh, Gambino talked a little bit about him. So that was a really cool, intimate moment. I will say this about Gambino. He he stopped the show multiple times to get people to put their phones away. Oh, really? Which was really interesting to me. He like he kept saying, like, no, this is a moment. This is for just you mm-hmm. since you're here. This isn't for everyone else. And it was not douchey. Somehow it was not douchey. Yeah. Everyone else that does that is douchey. Right. Um, but with him, it was like really genuine. And I was like, fuck, I'm not taking any photos of this show. So, you know, we, I got You don't my, have any photos? No, I didn't. I don't have a single picture. Huh. But uh, I did have an intimate moment with Childish Gambino along with 15,000 of our clients. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was a fun experience. Chicago's so, a cool city, man. Before you left, uh, I did ask you one question. If you met, if you met Childish Gambino slash Donald Glover... To ask him one question. And I, yeah, I didn't get a chance. You didn't meet him? No, I didn't meet him. Didn't get a <sighs> chance to ask him. Uh, wouldn't have done it anyway. You would have. No, I would not have. The one question that you <laughs> wanted me to ask was Will you go do a community movie? Yeah. In order to complete the six seasons in a movie prophecy. Hashtag. Uh, I was not going to ask that. First of all, if he wanted to do that, that would have already happened. Nah. And second of all, of all the things I would rather talk about Donald Glover about, <laughs> there are there are about a thousand of them. <laughs> I would have called him Teddy Perkins. Yeah, Teddy. There you go. I haven't even seen that episode, so I I don't even think I have the right to meet him. Um, That's true. But I will say he not did even put a on fan. A, well, I have the right to spend a lot of money on his fucking concert <laughs> tickets, so I guess I can, you know. True fans get a discount. Is that right? Well, AKA maybe. they pay for the nosebleed seats because most of them don't have money. I think that's racist. So <laughs> that's probably, we better move on from that. Uh, let's get into. I don't have money and I'm a fan get, of him. <laughs> let's get into the show and we're going to get into some hopefully not racist. <laughs> chic tweets. I call you a punk. Sorry to disappoint you. These chic tweets are super racist. Oh, Jesus. Just kidding. The show is taking a turn in episode six. We got 60 episodes in as a covert pretending not to be racist show <laughs> 61 is where we make the turn baby <laughs> southern comfort that's what that's what the soco show stands for and and we're the southern southern comfort bottle with a nice old confederate flag on the front so what's more what's more southern than some good old-fashioned racism that's true all right iron chic fuck the dawson's creek song i don't want to wait 
I couldn't finish it. All right, I'll try this again. <laughs> it's all going in, so try it again. <laughs> fuck the Dawson's Creek song. I don't want to wait can go fuck itself, Bubba. <laughs> I don't know where that came from or why it happened, but I'm so why happy. Why is he listening to that? I don't. That's weird. Is he watching old episodes of Dawson's Creek? First of all, everyone loves that song. So I have to disagree with the Sheik on this one. So the Sheik loves Rob Thomas, and assume, I'm assuming Matchbox 20 as well, but he hates mm. that song. The Dawson's Creek song. I don't want to wait for my life. I just know the, there, there's a parody of, I don't want to wait for my lunch to get colder. <laughs> ba, 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 I want to eat it now. <laughs> I think that's Family Guy. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Whatever it is, it's great. But uh, one guy that does not approve is the Iron Sheik. He's back this week after a hiatus. That's true. We had to go to Gary Busey this week, but Sheiky uh, <laughs> Baby came back. Speaking of Gary Busey, if you look at his Twitter handle picture right now, it's the Family Guy Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking. And great. it's legitimately his account too. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, no Gary Busey this week though. It's all Sheik Baby. I call you a punk. Don't forget, folks, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. You can hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days and your first audiobook for free. <laughs> Lots of good stuff out there. Uh, I've been working my way through the Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, stuff that I bought a little while back. I just finished uh, Between the World and Me, which is a fantastic book, um, especially if you're a person of color. It's definitely one I would suggest, uh, but really any parent. It's, it's The way that the book is written is as a letter to his son. And so it talks about the world and the things that he sees, the things that the kid will see in the world and sort of what he should think of them. And uh, really interesting read, uh, probably not for everybody, but definitely something that that um, I really connected with. So that's Between the World and Me. Uh, one example of a book that you can get for free on audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Let's jump in. I'm very excited to hear uh, some Spider-Man stuff from you, Seth. We got to talk video games. Video games. Whip. <laughs> it's finally here. Spider-Man PS4. It's been bl- every social media thing you look at right now is talking about Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It's been out for a few days. Uh, I know you got it day one. You've gotten uh, you know a couple hours in on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it let's. I want to hear what your first impressions are. What you think so far of Spider-Man? Yeah. So I've I've played probably five to six to seven hours somewhere in there. Eight, nine, ten, twelve, <laughs> and uh, I've completed two story missions. Um, the rest oh, of Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're doing all the fucking collectibles bullshit, aren't you? God, I am. <laughs> I went around and, and collected. There's these. So to start off the game, you're pretty much so you do the first mission or whatever it is. It's just like a little tutorial thing. Then they just throw you into this world, uh, which is New York City, of course. And the first thing you you do is like you clear out these uh, towers that unlock the map. And there's probably like 20 of them or so. So I went around and did that. And then when you do that, uh, it shows locations for like these backpacks that have like cool little things in them. Um, a lot of them are just like Spider-Man, Marvel related. Um, like uh, there's like, his original web shooters. You find those in there, which uh, is kind of cool. cool. Just like little little things like that. So I did all that. You get when you do that. So the cool thing about this game or one of the cool things, there's many cool things. There's a bunch of suits. There's a ton of suits in this game that you can use at all of different power. Each of them has a unique power. 
No shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was just skins, so that's cool. No, each of them have a unique, like, you have a suit power, and each of them has one. Uh, so, for example, when with pre-ordering the game, I got the uh, Iron Spider from Avengers, and the fucking arms come out the back, and you can use them to fight with. What? Yeah. You can also unlock the Stark suit from the mm-hmm. from the movies. Can you talk to Karen? No. <laughs> um, but you, the suit power for that one is the Spider Buddy, and it'll, like, attack stuff. Okay. All I kinds wish it of- was instant kill. <laughs> that'd be funny spider-man uh, homecoming is a fucking dope movie yeah it's a good movie. everyone should go watch it um then i did the bat when i unlocked all the backpacks i unlocked the uh crusher hogan like when he goes against crusher hogan that suit the uh the original the one he made out of like a sweatshirt and all that you know what i'm talking about the one in um the one in the sam raimi spider essentially one? it's what it looks like but yeah okay yeah, They're ba- yeah it's based off of that so i unlocked that that one doesn't have a suit power though because it's a sweatshirt. It's made of sweatshirt. Have you gotten the Ben Riley one yet? The what one? That's the one where it's like a sleeveless hoodie. Oh, Scarlet Spider. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, one's, that one. That one's available right away. There's, I mean, there's a whole ton of them, but there's probably like thirty suits in this game, and uh, so that's really cool that you unlock them as time goes on. Okay, where am I going? So the, after that, then uh, I did one mission where it was, you go to a landmark, so you go to the Empire State Building and you take a picture of it, mm-hmm. and then. The, all of them open up so there's everything like you can you can take a picture of avengers tower that's in the game cool. um the sanctum santorum which is dr strange cool. this place that's in there the murdoch matt murdoch's uh the his the law, law firm. firm yeah that's there you take a picture of that jessica jones uh alias investigations take a picture of that no shit uh the bar that they drink at and and daredevil you can take a picture of that huh. like there's then of course there's like your normal landmarks like uh you know central park and rockefeller center Mm -hmm. um danny Rand corporation is in there you take a picture of that like it's so deep this game has so many easter eggs and like just random shit thrown in there i just like again i just started the second mission (laughs) i've done all that that took like seven eight hours i just started the second mission plus i know there's more like side stuff to do i've done a couple side missions too but um yeah you take down fisk right away and then kind of goes from there so i don't know what the story is yet but uh that is the most you first impression i've ever heard. well like normally too though we need to let you play a game for 40 hours before we can get a first impression <laughs> out of you. um the thing is normally about these games though is you can't do all of the side stuff right away like god of war i couldn't go around and do everything it kind of went progressively but they were just like here's all the backpacks go for them i'm like well, i gotta are do you it. worried you're gonna get overpowered and just walk through the story i don't get worried about that <laughs> <laughs> You don't play for a challenge. Well, the thing is about the 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 combat. I picked it up like just instantly because it's it was it's extremely similar to Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, down to the timing, the kicks, like the timing for the the blocks and stuff, the dodging, the kicks. Um, using like instead of like batarangs, you use web. So the cool thing about this, though, it's even more expansive in terms of like the move set and the web stuff there's a ton of different web gadgets you can use like you hit l1 and a whole wheel of stuff comes up and like you can web people to walls and then like flip and like kick kick a guy in the face and then change your web to um like just the normal like web and you web him up in his arms and then you go kick him in the head and like fly it's very quick and it looks super fluid when you're playing it and then there's like different moves like i said so like you can like launch up in the air and then kick a guy and they launch over a building kicks him over a building stuff like that it's just like there's so many things the 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 combat gets more and more and more complex as you go but it mm-hmm. makes it way more fun to play because you feel like you're freaking spider-man which is so, so cool. you don't you don't feel like you're just dodge 
Mashbox, Dodge, Matchbox. You know, that's what I always I think of like Assassin Assassin's Creed yeah. combat. It, it and it looks a little like that. Just you know, you're surrounded Kinda. by guys all the time. But you're it's a it's a little more fluid than something you might expect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I mean the enemies are kind of difficult. Uh, there's these there's like bigger ones called brutes that you have to worry about. And then half the guys have guns. Some of the guys have stun sticks. Some guys have shields, and they all kind of come at you at once. It's not like it's not like uh, you know you get waves of like just guys with fists, and then just guys with that. I mean, it's a very mix. So you have to change your your fighting, huh. you know, because and and like each of those guys doesn't have the same way to defeat them. So like a shield guy, you can't just like hit box a bunch of times. You have to you have to hit box, dodge, then come back around, hit him in the back, and then there's a brute next to you. Well, you can't just you have to like block him and web him up and all that stuff. So um, it can be, I mean, you could sit there and hit square a bunch, but then you'd probably die very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems way more like the timing is very important too. I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's a little more difficult combat wise than Batman, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very much used to that from playing four Batman games. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, combat's cool. I like it a lot. Uh, talk a little bit about moving around in the city. I, I yeah. mean, everybody loves swinging around as yeah. fucking Spider-Man. Does that does that work in as well as you? Oh hope? yeah, it's it's quite a bit of fun. And this map is huge. Um, it probably takes if you want to go from one end to the other, it probably takes ten minutes. No shit. Take it to the end, one end to the other. Um, it's it's... they swing the cranes over. <laughs> There's cranes, but they don't do that. Um, <laughs> but the way you because you can swing multiple different ways. I also unlocked a thing where you can do web like uh, air tricks, so I can do like backflips, front flips, side flips, stuff like that, and you get XP and stuff for it. So I've been flying around the city doing that. Um, but then there's like you know, of course, your normal swing in, which is fun, and then you have like super zip swing in and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then like there's different animations for like I can you can fly through a water tower underneath it, and it'll do an animation for that. Or if you want to climb up the side of a building. Uh, and there's like a fire escape it'll like he'll if you're sprinting he'll instead like web it up it um the there i think there's one that i did with a crane there's also like launch points you can zip towards a launch point hit x and it'll jump you in the air real high and then stuff like that so it's fun it's it's way more varied than than spider-man 2 and all that stuff so Man, that sounds fucking awesome. That's I can't wait to get my hands on this. I gotta I gotta have basically I need to take a week off of work <laughs> and just fucking play. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm very jealous. I saw I watched a little bit of this and it looks cool. Mm-hmm. It's a gorgeous I mean, it looks great too. Yeah. Um the the gra- graphically it's it's outstanding, of course, on the uh, fantastic four K with the PS4 <laughs> Pro that we have here. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. So safe to say you'd recommend People need to go. Oh, yeah. I know I saw Jared picked it up and said he played I talked to him about it actually a little bit and he uh, said he played played for about seven hours too and he did almost the same thing i did he, he, <laughs> he did all the backpacks and all that stuff so oh, well there you go you get uh another piece of approval from at jared buckendall <laughs> so make your way if you have a playstation 4 and even if you don't go fucking buy one um because this sounds from everything i'm hearing like this is all indications are that, that you know it's fantastic I, i've not heard anything negative mm-hmm. I, I heard one negative thing and the person said um they turned spider-man into a cop which i think they're just saying People scream for help and you go help them. Oh, yeah. That, there's that, too. I've done almost all those. Yeah. Um, that's what Spider-Man does. Yeah, like he waits for people to scream for help. That's like, the thing. That's different than Batman. Like, the Batman games, you kind of do that. But, like, this is way more blatant. He even calls himself Spider-Cop in the game. He says, Spider-Cop is on the case. He does stuff like that. He's I, very there, funny. It is one million quips all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's that's definitely classic Spidey. It's pretty funny some of the stuff they do in there. So it's just, and then they have like kind of when you're flying around too. They have Jonah J Jonah Jameson. He's no longer the bugle 
editor chief but he's uh he does he does he does a podcast funny enough that's uh, fucking awesome called just the facts and he's bragging on spider-man and people like call into it and they'll be like oh spider-man save me and he'll be like oh i'm sorry we got some interference and like <laughs> hang up on him and stuff but uh, yeah it's pretty cool there's just they i that's I'm, such a cool smart update they i understand why they took two years three years to make this game because they made it super detailed like really really detailed um, even to like just when you're flying around looking at billboards and stuff, there's like all there's just like little like Easter eggs everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's Easter eggs everywhere in this game. It's so cool. OK, so, yeah, um, in case you forgot, uh, go buy Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, everyone needs to get out and, and go buy it and play it and let us know what you think. Uh, yeah. I, have, I haven't played it yet, but uh, hit up Seth on the Twitter um, at Soko Show or at Seth Owat and, and let him know what you think. Spider-Man is absolutely the only video game we need to be talking about this week, so let's move on to our one-word summaries. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm gonna spell it out for you! One-word summaries is back. Uh, We've got a lot of good feedback about this segment, so we're gonna keep it as a part of the rotation. Uh, Seth is gonna read three one-word summaries for three different wacky news articles. I am gonna choose one. Uh, but don't forget, you can see the links to all three of our news stories in the description box. Seth, what do we have for this week? Your words are turf, alarm, and club. Turf, alarm, and club. Um, I'm going to go this time with alarm. Alarm. Okay. So turf was thieves steal California woman's new lawn. <laughs> okay. A bunch of thieves stole some turf. Um, club was Japanese woman, 83, dubbed world's oldest club DJ. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I'd go to that. All right. So those are the other two. If you want to see those stories in detail, check out the description box. But we chose alarm. Seth, what do we have? Alarm. Rat pulls fire alarm inside DC condo building. Yes. <laughs> Wait, tell me there's video. There are. There is video. Oh my God, yes. So you'll have to check that out. Um, but a security camera footage from inside a Washington, D.C. condo building revealed who pulled the fire alarm that spurred an evacuation. A rat. Uh, video recorded inside the condominium shows a rat jumping from a handrail to the fire alarm, which triggered, uh, which is triggered by the rodent's weight. Uh, and then it prompted an evacuation which of the building, which was not on fire. Um, it says, rat complaints to the district's uh, public assistance line have been steadily increasing in recent years, from 920 calls to 2014, in 2014 to 3,150 calls during the first seven months of 2018. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's so many rats. This is in D.C.? Yeah. Well, I knew there are rats in D.C., yeah. but this is ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, hold on. You know what? I thought I did a... Yeah, here. Oh my god! <laughs> I added that like a month ago. I forgot that we had it to use. You haven't used that yet. No, um, that was definitely the joke to use it on. I got to see this video because that sounds horrifying. If the rats are jumping around, that's not, I and I like rats. I like them because they're smart. Um, I even considered getting some for pets, but uh, apparently girls don't want to come to your house if you have rats. <laughs> so <laughs> until I find a weird girl who wants me to have rats, um, that's on hold. Anyway, uh, rats pulling fire alarms. That's just, so. Did the rat? evacuate I'm, I'm sure he did he probably got startled by the and then he probably ran off yeah i wonder if he realized it was him i bet he did rats are smart i bet he pulled it and then he went into some guy's house and ate all his cheerios rats love cheerios <laughs> do they 
Oh, everybody loves Cheerios, Seth. Jesus Christ. No. Yep. Honey Nut Cheerios. Be happy, be healthy. I know rats like styrofoam. Okay, what? maybe he went in and ate all the styrofoam. No, that, I mean, so he ate. Oh my God. Are you shit talking? Okay, no more shit talking um, Cheerios. Not today. I couldn't even do, it's not, just so people know, it's not going to be a Mambo number five segment because cereal's awful. So What? Se- oh my God. I, we got to get out of this segment. This has been one word summaries. <laughs> really afraid one of these times when i'm sending you the links i'm gonna do it to the wrong person <laughs> someone's just gonna get like why is he sending me these links about rats <laughs> oh that'd be, you would be blessing someone's day uh don't forget folks check out all of the stories that we discussed today in the description box uh for now seth week one has come and gone the nfl season is underway and we're gonna break it down in sports sports <laughs> And boom goes the dynamite. So we were talking about um, the NFL and how we were going to go about covering it this year because we could easily spend hours and hours talking about this. It could probably be its own podcast. Um, But what we're going to do in order to uh, limit it to just the best things and have it not take over the show is to uh, we're going to cover each of us has picked our two the two games uh, that we thought were the best or that we want to cover for this week. We're going to discuss those four games and then uh, each of us is going to name a sort of superlative for the week and and we'll get to that part in just a second but let's uh let's start seth with with one of your favorite games this week and i wonder why it was (laughs) uh minnesota and san francisco yeah i mean really this one i kind of want to talk more about san francisco to be honest okay i I mean minnesota is what what you kind of expected them to be they are who we thought they were (laughs) they the uh the defense played really well um i talked to you a little bit about uh, that defense is even better, I think, this year than they were last year. They added Sheldon, Sheldon Richardson. That's scary. Who, yeah, and he was he was dominant. He was all over the place, and he that that defensive line is well. For one, it has it has already has two Pro Bowlers on it. It's probably going to have a third, potentially a fourth, because they. Sheldon Richardson again. It was all over the place. Plus, Daniel Hunt. You can't double. You can't double cover. Mm-hmm. You have to. You have to choose one person to double cover on that. On that. On that line. Plus, they're blitzing people. Um, they they sacked Garoppolo, and I know in the second half quite a bit. Um, there was one where Harrison Smith just no one touched him <laughs> because they were blocking everyone else. So I think that that line is going to be is going to be very very disruptive this year. Um, and then the other point about the defense was Mike Hughes, uh, the rookie. He's a rookie cornerback that they drafted first round this year. Um, kind of, I, I kind of thought that was a mistake. They should have went for offensive line. But Mike Hughes has already made an impact. Um, he had a he had a pick six, and he was he was defending passes all over the place. And the only reason he started, I mean, he, apparently he's been very impressive uh, in camp. But he only started because Mackenzie Alexander, that he was drafted last year, he's a second rounder last year, was hurt. So he played, and and because Mike Zimmer is not a guy to normally start rookies, mm. uh, he normally keeps them out. But Mike Hughes has been so impressive, and he played so well in this game that I think he's going to stay in that in that in that uh, that spot, which is great because if he's already impressing Mike Zimmer right now, he's going to do some good things. So that is, that is terrifying because this is yeah. an already great secondary. They have four first round picks in the secondary. That is horrifying. Yeah, and there and this guy, this rookie guy who is apparently also good, mm-hmm. is behind the other corners. Um, uh, Xavier Rhodes, who is probably Rhodes the best closed, corner, cor- one of the best, if yeah. not the best, in the league. Um, Trey Waynes, who is a former first round pick, and he has improved year after year, playing mm-hmm. much better. And then Harrison Smith behind him, 
Um, Harrison Smith is a motherfucking football player. Yeah. Like that is my favorite thing to say about yeah. him. Yeah. They call him, they call him the fixer because, he, <laughs> and he did, he did it. He did it this week. Um, he, he had a, he had a force, he had a force fumble. He had a sack and he had a pick all this week. Damn. Um, and he, there was a play too. He, he closed out the game. That sack closed it out. It was it. Um, cause they, the, it was on a drive that, um, the Niners were starting to come back in and, he that's the one he ran free on he just boom went down there did did his job and ended the game so um the Niners had so many opportunities to win this game they were down on the the goal line literally goal line one yard line Alfred Morris goes in for tries to tries to go reach in for a touchdown and they pop the ball out mm-hmm. um no points on that drive the only, the only opportunity that they would have had to break a big play is George Kittle the tight end for the Niners dropped a what would have been an 80 yard touchdown. Oh man. Um, but otherwise, yeah, the defense was great. Talking about the Niners though, I think they are going to be, I think they're going to be tough. I really do. Well, you know, one, you Minnesota for my money, toughest place to play in the NFL, um, because they have the toughest yeah. team, one of the toughest teams. Mm-hmm. And that crowd is insane. I've been yeah. in that. I've been a visitor yeah. in that stadium and it is crazy. It was loud. Yeah. And, you know, for them to come in and make it a game Mm -hmm. at all was impressive. The Niners did show me something this week. I think they're going to be a contender. So, I guess on both sides. So, on on their offense, I think they would have definitely been in that game more, but they lost. They they were on their third right guard in that game. Oh, my God. And so, their their line got beat up bad. Um, They also lost Marquise Goodwin for part of that game. Huge loss. Yeah. Yeah. he had he had he had tried coming back in. Um, it sounds like he'll be all right. He had a deep thigh contusion, which I saw the play um, where he because so he he kind of like ran into I think it's Linval Joseph. Um, his thigh ran right into his knee, Eesh. and he did like a weird flip. He kind of went straight and did like a side flip. Um, and I knew right there, like people were kind of like, oh no, because he was he was like wincing really hard. And people were like, oh, could that be you know a tear or something? But I was like, that's a that's a bruise. That's mm-hmm. a that's a heavy ass bruise, <laughs> um, which is what it was. Well, that's what I mean. The wide receivers with those paper thin pads, yeah, that they don't even really wear. <laughs> like that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's that was a nasty Charlie horse, is what he got. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they lost him. Um, but they they have a lot of talent on offense. I think, Alfred, even though they lost McKinnon, which if they would have had McKinnon, I think that would be even scarier on offense. But Alfred Morris looked really good. Matt Breida looked really good. Uh, their receivers, even besides Goodwin, um, Garcon, he kind of got shut down by Rhodes, but. He had a couple opportunities and 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 took advantage of them. He's going to be a really good possession guy. Uh, they have um, oh, I can't remember this guy. He's he's actually the son of an of of a MLB Hall of Famer, um, but I can't remember his name for the life of me right now. But he he's a young, fast dude. Kind of came in when Goodwin went out, looked good. Um, they also have uh, Taylor, I think Trent Taylor. Okay, um, white guy, but he's he's a good good receiver. Um, and then I mentioned George Kittle. He's going to be a stud stud tight end um the line when they were healthy were were doing pretty well um they you know he garoppolo got pressure on him but it wasn't it wasn't until you know they lost from the linemen is when he had no shot anymore mm-hmm. that's what that's what got him and then on the defense uh the first half they were getting all kinds of pressure on on cousins mm-hmm. um part of that too i think is the the vikings line is very jumbled right now with some injuries so it took them a little while i think to figure it out because in the second half they didn't touch him but they have some really good ends on their team that were they were creating a lot of pressure. They sacked Cousins a couple times. Um, they looked good. They uh, they also were th- their their corners were looking really good too. They, there was a lot of the game where they had coverage sacks because mm-hmm. 
because no one is open. So I think the Niners defense is better than what people think. Uh, they also have a couple young linebackers that people like too. So I think they're going to be a tough team. I really do. Uh, especially like you said, showing up to a Minnesota stadium um, and, and putting up a performance where they almost won the game. And mm-hmm. they, they, there was, they had they, a chance to, they left end. two touchdowns on the field. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, I think they're going to be a good team and they're going to, I think they're going to compete for potentially a wild card spot. I like it. Uh, I said before this game, I was talking with our good friend Fitz and I said, uh, I'm excited for this particular game because we'll find out what kind of team each of these teams mm-hmm. are in this game. Um, I think, I think what the Vikings showed is that they're still legit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they took care of business. This is a game they should have won at home and mm-hmm. they did. They did what they needed to do. They did exactly what they needed to do. The Niners competed and that's what we expected out of them this year. Mm-hmm. First loss for Garoppolo, but you know, they'll, they'll bounce back and I think be a solid yeah. team. Um, very excited to see again, the Rams and Vikes are on a collision course for week four. Very excited <laughs> to see how things stack up um going into there uh i'm not going to talk the rams i think they handled themselves did Mm -hmm. what they were supposed to do in week one uh the first game i want to talk about is uh we'll keep it in the nfc north packers and bears (laughs) and this is a game that was kind of the marquee game this weekend not because it was a particularly good game but because rogers gets hurt Mm -hmm. right away and he gets hurt by guess who khalil mack who (laughs) was just added to the bears and signed for a billion dollars yep um the Bears go up 20 to nothing, and then fucking Aaron Rodgers comes back in the fourth quarter and leads them to a 24 to 23 comeback victory. He does does what Rodgers does. That's Rodgers' whole thing, and it's getting very hard to dislike him. Yeah. Um, I'm not one of those who's going to jump out to, oh, this is such a fucking great thing that he did, and he this is an all-time performance or anything like that. Lots of people have scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter before. That happens. Right. Um, but to do it coming back off an injury and with how, when you see how bad that team is without him, Mm-hmm. And how good they can be with him. I mean, it's hard to not say he's the MVP. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just the difference in that team with and without him is insane. Um, what I what I want to spend more time on, I think the Packers won that game and they showed you what you expected to see from the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense is a little bit improved. The offense is the offense. Um, you know, the, the guys you expected to see performed well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bears showed me something here similar to what the Niners did, and that's that they're a contender. Um, they have a pass rush that is very good. They got after Rodgers a lot, and they got after the backup Kaiser a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Khalil Mack is a fucking freak. Yeah. He, this guy, he had a strip sack, um, and he recovered that strip sack. Right, and he had a pick six in this game, and he barely played. Like he, he played a limited amount because he's only been on the team for a week. Right. So like that guy is insane. If there's a t- if there's a player other than Aaron Donald who's going to be defensive player of the year, it's Khalil Mack. <laughs> and I would probably even give Khalil Mack the edge yeah he was he was a finalist last year mm-hmm. um offensively you know the Bears put up 20 points in Lambeau that's a pretty good performance mm-hmm. um it was middling for Trubisky you know he showed yeah. some flashes missed on some other opportunities but I think this Bears defense shows some promise mm-hmm. um or the, the offense shows some promise I think this defense is better than what we thought it was going to be coming yeah. into the season and they're a team that I think is going to be good sooner than we think yeah I, I agree with that um Defense is going to be very good. They, I mean, they drafted a, a linebacker, Roquan Smith, mm-hmm. Roquan Smith in the first round. Uh, so that defense is much stronger. They've already had a decent pass rush, and uh, they their corners are pretty good. Uh, Kyle Fuller, uh, who dropped a pick. Uh, oh, the game-winning pick. Yeah. I was in, one quick aside, I was in Chicago, and I had just got finished at the Nun and had come back to the apartment, and we had windows open. And somewhere else on the block that we were on, 
there was a, a some sort of watch party going mm-hmm. on and it was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So when that play happened, you could hear like an entire house worth of people go, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was insane. It was That's so awesome. funny. Um, but he's otherwise he's a good, I mean, he does have, there's a stat that he since I think last year he had nine dropped picks last mm-hmm. year. So he, uh, he's still a good corner though. I mean, he's a very, very good cornerback. So that defense has a lot of good players on it and I think they will be tough on defense. Uh, the offense is, I think is, is still kind of suspect. They, uh, Jordan Howard is going to be a much better back this year. I think the one thing I had against him coming into the year is that, the only thing he can do is run. That's mm-hmm. it. He's not a very good blocker. He's not good at catching balls, but he's improved in both areas this year. He caught, he caught, I think like five balls uh, the, during this game. So he's, he's improved. He's going to, he's going to help the offense. I mean, Tariq Cohen is, is the receiving back, but if Jordan Howard can stay out there, he's a playmaker uh, in, in all, in all facets now. So I think that's going to be better. They have some better receivers in, and Allen Robinson who didn't do a whole lot in this game, but he's still, a playmaker and Trey Burton is a good, reliable tight end. So there's weapons for uh, Trubisky out there, but Trubisky is, is the thing. I mean, he, he's still very much a question mark. He played like mm-hmm. seven games last year. He only started 12 games in college. I mean, he's, he doesn't have a ton of experience. He's still very, very raw. He's a, he's a raw talent type of guy and they kind of have to mold him and be careful with him. Um, I think his legs are going to be, more important right now than his arm. Mm-hmm. I think he's got to make plays on the ground before he can, uh, before he can really start to rely on his arm. You know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with with their offense. I think their offense is easily beatable. I mean, you, you mentioned they scored twenty points, but they really only scored fourteen on offense because of the pick six. You know, so mm-hmm. oh, that's right. So yeah, that's right. The offense didn't do a whole lot, and that's going to be the, that's going to be their issue this mm-hmm. year. I think is is the offense. I think they have a pretty wide open door to the third place <laughs> spot in this division oh, right my now. Good God! <laughs> but you know who knows? Uh, I don't think they're going to be competing for a wild card spot this year. But I think they they'll, they'll be competitive. And last year they weren't competitive. I think they'll be much more competitive this year. I think the most consequential thing about this game, though, is going to be Rodgers. Um, he, you know, he comes back into this game after the injury and hobbles to a win. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's any sort of long-term, you know, if he's going to have to miss any time, then Green Bay goes quickly from Super Bowl contender to dog shit team. Yeah, uh, I think sound, that was made very clear. It sounds like it might be like an MCL sprain, mm-hmm. um, which MCL is the le- the the latter of the. The tendons that is you know important, um, like Doug Baldwin, he has a partial tear of his, and he it sounds like he'll miss you know three to four weeks or something like that. Still, they have him quote unquote day to day, but he'll probably miss more than that. So an MCL sprain isn't as bad, but it's gonna you know might cause some problems. He's gonna it sounds like he'll be in shotgun a lot for the next few weeks. I, mm-hmm. I don't expect him to miss time though at all. Yeah, Rogers certainly. I mean, what he showed was a competitiveness mm-hmm. that he he wants to be out there. So uh, kudos to him. Good win for the Packers. Um, not a terribly consequential game. Another game that was entertaining but mm-hmm. not terribly consequential the browns and steelers yeah this is this is fun um see so yeah, i i i caught parts of this game uh through nfl red zone which if you just uh kind of a quick plug i guess i for people who don't have a like sunday ticket because we, we we've, we've done sunday ticket the last few years and this year it's kind of it's one of in price and just you know we, we kind of didn't use it as much last Mm-mm. year um, so I saw, you know, I've been looking around for, for the red zone stuff and 
because uh, I figured, you know, maybe that's cool for like fantasy and all that stuff. And, and uh, again, you have kind of have to buy it with add on channels and stuff like PlayStation view. And it's like 10 bucks a month plus whatever you're paying for a view. And then, so I gave up on that idea. And then I pulled up my phone, the NFL app on my phone and you can buy it for $5 a month and you can only watch it on your phone. Um, so I just decided to try that out and I really like the red zone stuff. And so I was able to catch most of this game <laughs> on, on the red zone. Cause it, I mean, uh, it was, well, at least the ending of it, um, on the red zone, but yeah, this was, this is an interesting game. Sloppy. So, it's, yeah. it's wet and it's rainy. It's windy. And the play also was all super fucking sloppy. Yeah. It was mostly just running. Um, even like Tyrod Taylor just ran the whole game pretty mm-hmm. much. Uh, yeah. Ben threw, I think four picks and fumbled once. So there's five turnovers. Browns didn't score once on any of those turnovers. And Connor had one too. So six, six yeah. total turnovers for, for Pittsburgh. Maybe it was Connor who had the other turnover, but um, it, uh, the, the Browns were down 20, 20 to nothing. And they came back and tied it up. So yeah, it didn't look good. A uh, very sloppy play. Like you mentioned, Tyrod wasn't throwing very well. Uh, ben wasn't thrown well at all. It was just basically James Conner, Tyrod Taylor, and Carlos Hyde mm-hmm. kind of just going all over the place. But then it comes down to, you know, the, the Browns tied up, get to overtime, and Steelers have the first chance to score, go for a game-winning field goal. Boswell misses it to the left. They keep playing. They kind of keep going back and forth because no one can capitalize. No one can get close enough. And eventually Ben throws a pick slash gets hit, and there's a fumble. They get it down to like the 30-yard line, and whoever the kicker for the Browns is misses that too. <laughs> and there's like 12 seconds left or something like that. So they tie. The Browns haven't won an opening week matchup since 2004. Good God. <laughs> and they still haven't. They tied it. But hey, they tied, right? They didn't lose. Yeah, they didn't lose. Cleveland famously has, throughout the city, Bud Light has put big fridges full of Bud Light that they're going to open mm-hmm. if Cleveland wins a game. Mm-hmm. They were a field goal away from it this week. Uh, no beer was released. <laughs> um, but this was this was a real chance for them to get a win. I think that this is a unicorn game in mm-hmm. that it, it was so sloppy. It was such a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can take a lot out of this game. No. Um, I think that the Steelers will be better than they were. Of course. And then I think Cleveland will be worse than they were. Um, and they were bad. Like they were bad. Tyron Taylor was bad. I don't necessarily. Game. I don't necessarily agree that they'll be worse. Uh, I you don't think, think so. I think they'll be all right, <laughs> even though they they played sloppy and both teams did. I think that I think the Browns' defense is better than people give them credit for. They they have a rookie Denzel Ward who had two picks. He's a really good player, and their defense last year wasn't completely terrible. Uh, they mm-hmm. have a good run defense, and they added you know added uh, some some players in the secondary. I think the offense too that you can't judge any of the offense from this based game. on what you saw. Yeah, the, the the it was raining the entire time, and the only thing that you could physically do is run, mm-hmm. and even then people are slipping. So I think they'll be better. I, I do think they'll they'll be competitive. They won't be just a, a walkover team. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll win a game. They'll win a few games this season. But um, yeah, this game is kind of kind of a weird one. Uh, Steelers, yeah, they'll be better. Their defense is bad though. Their defense is real bad. Um, they they can they can create a pass rush, but that's about it. They can't they they can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. The only thing they can hope to do is stack sack the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So loss of Ryan Shazier last year still yeah. still showing uh, still showing an effect. Yeah, uh, T J Watt is about the only guy you 
you can that guy's fun to watch. He's he, he is, but it's there. The, the defense is going to be very very suspect this year. I don't think losing Le'Veon hurts them that much at okay. all. Really, um, James Conner is a freak. Um, he would have been a first round pick had he not had cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, he had he had cancer and and going into his senior year, and that's kind of what brought him down. He's he's a freak. He's going to be a really good player, and honestly, they don't need Le'Veon. They took him off the depth chart today, so. <laughs> so i love that yeah they don't need him he's being a little whiny crybaby about it so um he did you see what he was doing during the game yeah he was tweeting about him posting emojis and stuff it's like yeah. dude this is you you're it's on you yeah but, this is why then and you know do i think bell is better than connor probably but yeah. connor's good enough to get him victories you don't oh, yeah. you don't need Le'Veon bell i saw i will say this the very first carry for james connor i was paying attention to this game because i have him on my fantasy team uh-huh. left him on my bench that was stupid but the very first play i saw for james connor he, he gets the ball makes a cut into the hole switches the ball into his other hand mm-hmm. then runs hard for 10 yards and then he plows over the safety <laughs> and and finishes over the top of the safety and i was like fuck okay He's playing next week in my fantasy. <laughs> That's all. That one play was all I needed to see. Yep. That he's a special guy. He's he's real good. Um, that was the other thing about him too. Is he's for as good as Le'Veon as patient he is. Um, James Conner is he's precise in the hole. Mm-hmm. He he can get in and out of holes like no one can. Um, he's he's gonna be real good. And like I said, I don't when they lose Le'Veon and if he doesn't play, I I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, eh, go home. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't play. Um, and then also too. Antonio Brown, of course, you know, he did what he does. He and did his thing, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think he even had that great of a game. But Juju Smith-Schuster, though, had a good game. He's a stud, man. Yeah, so that offense is going to be perfectly fine. They're going to be scary. Can't yeah. wait to see him in decent weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was decent weather in San Diego this weekend. <laughs> and I uh, I made a Super Bowl prediction uh, about a week <laughs> ago that is suspect after what I saw from the San Diego Superchargers, who... The score was closer than this game was. Mm-hmm. They got it handed to them yeah. by the Chiefs. The Chiefs came into San Diego and I think surprised a lot of people. Patrick Mahomes throws for four touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them, well, kind of, were to Tyreek Hill. One was like a shovel pass. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyreek Hill scores three touchdowns. Two of them were on the first two touches he had. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs put up a, a million points. Um, really just made... The Chargers were playing from behind the entire time, really never had a chance at this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not so worried about the Chargers. They always seem to start slow. And, and this, you know, they got they got handled, but it's not like they didn't score. You know, they put right. up some points too. So I, I'm not coming off of, of my prediction. I, I don't want to say that. Um, I, I think the Chargers will end up having a good year. But I think that the Chiefs, we talked about this team as having a lot of talent. They're well coached. This team will go as Mahomes goes, is, mm-hmm. is what we talked about in the preview. If Mahomes is going to go this way, <laughs> they got a real shot at being a contender. Do you yeah. disagree? No, I, I I agree. Um, I think this offense will be this offense will be much more exciting than I than I thought. They got to be the fastest. Maybe the them and the Rams, I would say, are maybe the two fastest offenses. But it's it. Probably the Chiefs are fast. I mean, Tyree Kill is fucking fast. Mm-hmm. These are guys that run four four forties, and he makes them look slow. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Yeah, he's he's a freak. Uh, I mean, he. I think the thing is though with him is he he kind of is the offense right now, and you know you can argue you can argue Cream Hunt, but you know what did he he had four, use, he had forty yards. A good efficient game, but they didn't use him a lot. Yeah, and Sam, you can argue Sammy Watkins is there. 
but he's there. He had three catches. Mm-hmm. You know, it the, the offense, I, and then, you, of course, you have Travis Kelsey there too, but he had one catch. I mean, I think, I think this offense is going to run at its best, and I think Patrick Mahomes needs it to run at its best when Tyreek Hill is playing at its mm-hmm. best because, you know, those other guys are really good, but Mahomes isn't your, your you know, precision court. He's a gunslinger. He's going to throw that ball deep. And the score, touchdowns he scored on were was a was a deep ball to Tyreek Hill and a shovel pass to Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like he needs those fast guys like that. He he needs. I think he needs to take those shots, those deep balls, in order for him to be successful. He can't work. You know these sideline throws. He can't work your. You know your the, the throws you you know dropping one over the shoulder in the end zone type thing. You can't. He can't do that. So it'll it might be more of an up and down year, but I think this offense will still be better than what people give it we're thinking kind of going into it mm-hmm. defense I, is still not gonna be very good i don't think but but with an offense like that who needs defense right you know? um similar to what we saw in the in the saints and tampa game mm-hmm. which is not one we're going to discuss but it was absolutely a shootout yeah. by, by definition um i was very impressed by the chiefs i was underwhelmed by the chargers but again i'm not coming off of them i think that um offensively they're still very dangerous their defense will be better Joey Bosa doesn't play this week mm-hmm. um so he's obviously a big a big missing piece of this defense um so I think that these two teams it's going to be a very fun two-horse race in the AFC West I'd be very intrigued to see who ends up coming out with this division because the Chiefs look a lot better than I expected them to mm-hmm uh, so th- those those are our four games this week. We'll do it every week this way, uh, and let's let's finish up sports this week with um, two things. One, let's get into our superlatives. I'll start with my my uh, my award this week is the best troll, and uh, I was very excited when I saw this because it was in the Rams game. <laughs> uh, the Rams played against Oakland, who has Marshawn Lynch on their team. If you're familiar with the very famous beast mode run by Marshawn Lynch. Uh, where he ran over everyone on the Saints um, en route to a touchdown, and then he jumps backwards into the end zone, grabs his crotch, and it's the Darren Sharper hold my dick move is how it's most commonly known. Marcus Peters, who plays on the Rams and is the cousin of Marshawn Lynch, had a pick six in this game on Monday night, and when he went into the end zone, did the Darren Sharper hold my dick move. Um, so kind of a shout out to his cousin and, and the <laughs> opponent, Marshawn Lynch there. I saw that. I laughed so hard. I thought it was amazing. So that is, uh, that's my best troll of the week. Uh, what award are you giving out for week one? <laughs> Mine is, uh, best post game interview of the week. And that goes back to the, we're talking about the bears and the, uh, bears and Packers game. I definitely recommend this is kind of going viral right now online, but definitely recommend checking out Aaron Rodgers given his post game interview. Um, they clearly gave him some drugs. Um, and at half or you know probably during halftime when he's in the locker room, he was just he was. If you look at his eyes, he his eyes are like almost like just like super open, but like very small. Like the people <laughs> look very small, and he's just like they even asked him like, you know, like what you know what's the injury? You know how you know what what happened? And he's like, oh, it's my. He's just like it's my knee. You <laughs> like just <laughs> just like super just like super like weird and nonchalant but like also just very like being very funny like he thinks everything he, it looks like he thinks everything is hilarious <laughs> and part of that is probably because he just won a game yeah by the biggest comeback of his career but also i think he probably had some drugs in him so i fucking love it recommend i recommend checking that interview out because it's kind of funny there's one online of this guy reacting to it and he's just laughing really hard <laughs> because he's like oh my god rogers is so high <laughs> 
Um, before we leave, very quickly, uh, let's pick the Thursday game this week. So last week, uh, of course, the podcast drops on Friday. There are Thursday night games, so we are picking last week's. Or we are picking last night's game today. And last night's game was the Bengals going up against the Ravens. Uh, two teams that were impressive in wins this past week. Uh, each is one and no. I like the Bengals uh, more than I thought I would this uh, this year. Uh, a lot of people like the Ravens a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they showed it. They absolutely shellacked Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Probably ended a guy's career by making him look so bad at football, <laughs> and uh, absolutely won by like a score of a million to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think is coming out of this game two and zero? I think the Ravens will. Here's the I think here's the the difference between those two teams just from week one. The the Ravens, yes, they they smoked the Bills, who are a very bad team, the worst team in football, and not close. Do you disagree? No, not yeah, not close. Okay. But I but I think the second probably the second worst team in football is the Colts. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and they almost till the very end almost beat the Bengals. I I do think the Bengals will be all right this year, but I think the Ravens have a shot at. I mean, they have a really good defense. They're they a have, tough team, man. Their offense is going to be much better than than last year and their offense wasn't terrible i mean they were they were fighting for a playoff spot last mm-hmm. year uh did they even did they make the playoffs no just barely they they were in that tie that included With the, bills. the bills yeah that's right um so they were close last year and they added they added some, some really good players they added michael crabtree who's been a stud in the red zone recently uh last few years and they added john brown who i think is i mean he's he's shown flashes he's had a thousand yard season just a few years ago uh he's been kind of he's had that sickle cell disease i think mm-hmm. um where he's kind of kept him out but sounds like he's healthy right now and he's he played well they have some some pieces of course they have alex collins good running back um they have uh B- buck allen who's a good he's a good pass down back so i don't know i think i think they're going to be a pretty decent team this year Flacco's not a terrible quarterback. He's not elite by any means, but he's not a terrible quarterback. So watch out for the watch out for the Ravens, and I think they take the game on Thursday. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on this one. Um, I I think that the Ravens are just a better version of the Bengals, mm-hmm. right? They've got a pretty good running back. They've got a decent quarterback, uh, a, a solid defense, and a pretty good offense. Mm-hmm. Both teams can say that, but just like everything across the board, just like plus five points. To the Ravens, you yeah. know what I mean. So they're just a better version of the Bengals. Um, I do agree with you. I think they're a real contender this year. Um, people are starting to come around on them. I, I, I listen to the Herd podcast, and Colin loves them <laughs> this season. So um, I, I think I think this will be a good game. Mm-hmm. But I give the edge to the Ravens. I, I do agree. I will say I have the lead on you so far. Uh, you picked the Falcons. I picked the Eagles last week, and uh, the Eagles did, of course, come out on top. Um, I was rooting for the Falcons, but uh, the Eagles get the win in a messy. Uh, Thursday night opener. So I am one and zero so far, but we'll 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 go together in the picks this week. Uh, <laughs> each of us taking the Ravens. So a lot of NFL talk there, um, and and you can expect about that each week. Uh, we do love the NFL, so we're gonna we're gonna find a way to cover it just about every week. Um, but for now, let's move on, and we're gonna talk a little TV. That's what she said. TV. TV this week brought to you by Matt Mathis Designs. Uh, find our good friend Steph Mathis on Etsy. Uh, you can go on there and uh, check out some graphic design work that she does, order some custom uh, invitations and, and things of that nature. So if, if that's something you need to check out, uh, you're going to have to pay for it, but you'll check out the link in the description box. That's Mathis Designs. Paid. 
paid indeed. Just a couple of uh, pieces of news around a couple of your favorite shows this week, Seth. Truth. Uh, so, yeah, just a couple quick pieces of news. Uh, first one, they released kind of a little teaser for the new season of House Cards, which pre- the final season of House Cards, which premieres in November. And uh, you find out on this little teaser that uh, that uh, the beloved Frank Francis J. Underwood is dead. So oh. <laughs> they show they show it right in the trailer. Claire kind of has a little speech uh, about kind of alluding to the death, and then they show turn the camera to a grave, which is uh, there's a Frank's dad was buried on a piece of land. Uh, his p- piece of land, I think, I think he's from Georgia, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and or one of the Carolinas, maybe. Maybe that's what. You're, yeah. yeah, something like that. And then it kind of pans out, and you see Francis J. Underwood, you know, number president of the United States, whatever he was. And then it shows the date. Um, so yeah, they're they're not burying the lead there. He's dead. Mm-hmm. And they the, did literally bury the lead. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, hit your fucking that, button. That was the most beautiful and organic pun that has ever <laughs> that has ever happened. I'll play it again. That was, and I thank you for that. I didn't even do it. I just pointed it out. That was that was incredible. Good God. Let's go on. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the way the last season ended would make complete sense for him to be dead. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of how they do it. Maybe they just say, "Oh, he's dead. Let's move on." Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited though. I, I I'm glad that they actually I I like that they did that. I like that they didn't make it a big deal in mm-hmm. terms of like the story, like draw dragging it out. What's going to happen to him? Yeah. What's it going to be like, like? Oh, he's dead. Here yep. you go. Here's our show. You know, so I actually, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Cause it's a little bit, I think of a fuck you to him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I dig that. I yeah. think that's a good move. A good move. The, the teaser is out. I'm sure you can watch it online. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll link to it. Uh, the, Next season drops, you said November? November 7th, I think, is the date. There it is. A lot of people will be tuning in. Uh, it'll be all Claire this year. Yep. So, uh, Claire. The show will come to its conclusion. That'll be good stuff. And then uh, one last bit of news. Uh, of course, we talked about Brooklyn Nine-Nine getting a revival at NBC. It sounds like it was originally ordered for like thir- 12 or 13 episodes, and now they've been ordered up to 18 episodes. So it sounds like filming is going well. NBC's liking what they're seeing. And uh, they'll be doing additional episodes for the new season. So good news for Nine Nine fans. Uh, that show still continues to deliver, and I'm excited they'll be getting more episodes. Nine Nine, yeah, I, I, I it was, it was always gonna work on NBC, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's an NB. It feels like an NBC show. Always has. So uh, glad to see that they're getting an extended order. I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. I still need to watch the previous season, but I do definitely want to catch up and try to catch a few of these as they air on NBC for sure. So uh, getting extra episodes, always a good thing. Um, I, I'll just put in a quick plug. No news from me this week, but um, I did start watching uh, The Good Place season two mm. on uh, on Netflix. So you can you can finally watch the season two episodes of of The Good Place on Netflix if you've been waiting for that. So just putting in a plug. It's an interesting um, season two is going to be interesting. <laughs> um, I won't get into season one stuff because I don't want to spoil anything. But I'm very intrigued to see based on the first couple episodes that I've watched where this goes. <laughs> um, uh, season three, of course, will be beginning shortly. A couple weeks. Um, just in a couple weeks here. So if you're caught up, uh, you can look forward to watching those. But if you're behind by a year, uh, like I am, check out Netflix. You can see all, all of season two now. From there, Spider-Man has featured heavily in the last couple weeks. So in the theme of Spider-Man, uh, we need to get into a Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. 
Spider-Man famously a very big open world video game. And if mm-hmm. you're unfamiliar with the term open world, um, basically they don't put you on a path and say, go get the thing. They give you the open world and say, go do some stuff. Um, like go collect all the backpacks before you do anything. Important, <laughs> um, open world video games is is a, a popular genre, really popularized with the last couple generations of console that can mm-hmm. handle that kind of stuff. Um, we are each going to name our top five open world video games. This was tougher for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as much into the open world games. You've do- you've dived into them in the last few years. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I suspect you'll have maybe a little more in the honorable mentions uh, than I will. But let's let's get started. I I will go first here. Number five. My number five. Uh, I'm gonna go with a classic, Spider-Man Two. Okay. Um, the probably the first open world game that I that I ever played, and you know, like you talked about, the, the being able to feel like you're swinging around New York as Spider-Man mm-hmm. is really all you need. It's a mediocre game, but getting to swing around New York is the tits. Yeah. So, um, absolutely, Spider-Man, and that's really the only reason why. Again, not even a great game, but uh, it comes in at number five for me. Well, number five for me, uh, kicking it off with a reason we're doing this list, uh, and I'm going to leave this room to actually go up further as I play the story, mm-hmm. um, but already from what I've just played in terms of the combat, the swinging, the all the stuff, the graphics, all of it, uh, Spider-Man PS4 is my number five. So um, already high praise, and I'm seven hours in, mm-hmm. um, which so this game could go up higher in terms of not only just the open world list, but my overall favorite games list. So Yeah, yeah. Um, how you move about the world mm-hmm. is clearly cl- clearly an important thing, and uh, no one no one almost does it better than Spider Man for sure. So, right. Uh, no surprise that that's on each of our lists, and I'm almost certainly Spider Man PS4 is going to make it on mine when I get a chance to fucking play it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that movement is going to um, factor into a couple of mine um, similarly as we move up the list. So let's let's move on here. Number four. Okay, I'm going to put in at number four here the the first Assassin's Creed game. Okay. Um, this is a game... Now, Assassin's Creed has become kind of a joke franchise now mm-hmm. because they keep putting fucking games out. Kind of like Saw. Um, but <laughs> much much like the movie franchise Saw, the first one's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the first Assassin's Creed. Talking about the movement, the way you can free run uh, and parkour around the world is very exciting. I thought mm-hmm. the story was intriguing. Um, it gets a little formulaic in the middle, but I, I think that the world they created with the original Assassin's Creed, the way you're able to make kills and um, interact with with people and make you know steal shit and then jump around on the buildings and stuff, right? Um, was really really fun for me. It, I never played one after this. <laughs> I didn't play any of the rest of the series, um, but Assassin's Creed One was a was a surprise for me and one that I really really enjoyed and wanted to wanted to include here. I played it too. I, I enjoyed it. Um... I didn't play it all the way through, though, I don't think, but I, I enjoyed what I played of it. Uh, my number four is a game, kind of a little of an obscure game, but a game that um, a reason I bought a Switch for, for uh, No More Heroes. Um, this was a game that came out originally just for the Wii. Basically, what this game was is kind of like almost, and now that I think about it now, I just made this comparison, but almost like Scott Pilgrim. Um, I love me some Scott Pilgrim, man. So... And the reason that is, so you're this guy named Travis Touchdown. You, it's kind of like a cell shaded anime type world. That's fucking hilarious. It's a great name, right? <laughs> um, it's a very quippy, very quippy game. Um, he's very funny and makes fun of all the people that come around him. And you are given, or not given, but you have this uh, laser sword, like a lightsaber. Uh, and basically you go around and you fight 
you go around and event you know you have to take down all these bosses there's a list of like these the, these fighters in the world in this world and you take them down one by one to get to the top and be like the best fighter type thing um, but each of them has their own thing that you can make fun of and each thing that like different type of battling you know different type of, of fighting styles it's just it's it's really fun um, it's, it's just like a really the combat was really cool too because it was for the Wii so you would use the Wii mote mm-hmm. kind of in in the battle too. Um, but it was open world. You would go around and travel to these different places on the map in the city. Um, I can't remember what the city's name is right now, but you travel around to these different spots and there's also tons of collectibles and like comic books and suits and swords you collect and all that stuff. So um, very much my type of game. Kind of, kind of. other than Spider-Man. Man, you love the collection. Yeah, I do. Um, other than Spider-Man, th- I mean, this was the first one that I really got super into mm-hmm. um, in terms of open world. Um yeah, so much fun though. I, I loved it. Um, they came out with the second one that I really liked. Um, the third one's coming out on the Switch here soon, so uh, it's kind of like a weird, weird version of it. But I'm very excited for that. But yeah, one of my favorite games of all time. Never played that one myself, but I, I have heard you talk about it a bunch, and mm-hmm. it sounds fun. I've not even seen you play it, to mm-hmm. be honest. So I'm interested to see when this comes out on Switch what it what it's like. For yeah, sure. number three. My number three. As I get into my top three, they're they're increasingly difficult to choose between um i'm gonna go as i as i remember again a game that i know i left off my list that i think you probably have on yours um i'm at number three i'm gonna say sunset overdrive i knew that would be on your list yeah and this was the first game i bought on xbox one Mm -hmm. and it is wacky (laughs) let me tell you It, it is set in this world where there's an energy drink called overdrive that basically turns people into freakazoid mutant things Mm -hmm. and you are one of the last few people who isn't a freakazoid and you have to figure out what's going on and stop it Mm -hmm. you it's it's in this weird it it reminds me of like a skating game the like the aesthetic of it is really punk rock Mm -hmm. and um you are constantly like jumping around and like grind booting all around the world Mm -hmm. so like you'll slide on railings all the time and then jump up way high in the air and bounce off super high shit and you're using crazy weapons like um you'll shoot out teddy bears that then explode (laughs) and you'll like shoot like potato chips out of a gun Mm -hmm. as like an assault rifle and stuff so it, it it's all sorts of really wacky um, really funny, pretty pervy. Like there's some adult mm-hmm. kind of jokes and stuff in this, but it's set in such a fun world that is another another very fun to traverse the world and and just move around is very entertaining. Right. Um, the weapons in this are really fun and just the wackiness of all the everything in it is a joke, um, and it's a lot of a lot of in jokes. Like if you're if you're generally speaking a nerd, mm-hmm. there's so many very fun in jokes in this that that are to be had. I went through it very quickly. I didn't do a lot of the side stuff in this. The story is very fun. Of course you didn't. Yeah. But the the mechanics of this game are what make it fun and I, to me as I as I think about this more what makes any open world game fun um are, are some of the mechanics there. So, so yeah, Sunset Overdrive uh definitely got me off on the right foot for Xbox One for sure. <laughs> uh my number 3 is not a current generation game. Uh, it was a PS3 game. Uh, got Grand Theft Auto 4 mm-hmm. is on my list. Did you think that would be on there? Um, is that I, the one you're thinking of? I, is Grand Theft Auto 4 the one that you called in sick to work to stay home and play? That was five. That was okay. That was five. Um, not. I actually liked four better. Is four where you're the Russian guy? Yeah, you're Nico. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did play this. Uh, mm-hmm. Couldn't get into it. Open world, not generally my my bag. So yeah. I didn't this one had out. a lot to it too. This took a while to. This is actually I I play I played through one of the few games that I've played through twice all the way through. 
Um, I did it for on PS3 and Xbox 360. I, I played it through both. I had both consoles at one time. I don't know what it was about this game. I really enjoyed the story of this one because it was it was like a rags to riches story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing maybe about Grand Theft Auto Five that I didn't get super into as much as the fourth one is that there was three characters you played as in five. Uh, and it's hard for me to kind of get into the story as much. Like I wanted to play as one character more than I did the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least get in the story of those. Whereas Nico, you play as him in the entire game. And I really enjoyed his story and kind of his cast, his crew of characters like uh, um, his cousin Roman. who was kind of a wacky nut job. And there's like a girl that he's involved with and stuff. But yeah, this was a fun game. I really, I, I, I played the hell out of this game and it was actually probably the first game that i ever played through twice yeah just so a lot to do this isn't so much about collecting it's just like there's so many missions and so Mm -hmm. many side things you can do and so many challenges and all the money you can get and all that all the guns and all that stuff so and the women yeah (laughs) Um, and the civilians you can kill (laughs) (laughs) but no the story was great i really enjoyed it and uh i've always wanted them to bring nico back but they haven't done it yet so Number two. Number two. I had a difficult time choosing between my top two. Uh, I'm going to go with Destiny at number two. Destiny. Destiny. Um, and really, the the primary reason for it, Destiny is a great game. It's a little more prestige than the other games on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, a little more seriously taken. Uh, mechanically, it's wonderful. Um, visually, it's beautiful. Uh, there's immense amount of shit to do. It, mm-hmm. They add shit every week for you to do in Destiny. Right. And uh, it's got a pretty good story in, in the, I, I've not finished the second destiny. I'm talking specifically about the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoyed it. The most fun thing for me though, is when you can party up and play in this, mm-hmm. it's super fun. And, and I played this with my brother um, a lot who's overseas. So that was a way for us to kind of hang out. So um, that's probably a big reason why, but mm-hmm. also destiny is just very simply put, just a great game. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. not really any, anything, um, you know, fa- it doesn't need exploding teddy bears or anything like that. It just <laughs> is a great game and, and one that I'm sure everyone has heard of. So I won't belabor the point, but, uh, uh, definitely a fun one that, that people should check out. Um, especially for, um, this is what Bungie did after they were done with Halo. Mm-hmm. And as a Halo fan, I definitely wanted to pick up destiny and, and I felt, um, a lot of the things I loved about Halo in this. So if you never did check out destiny, something that you can get for really cheap now, cause it's older. Um, and you can play the original one and, and still really enjoy it. So I, I would check that out. Uh, my number two is Horizon Zero Dawn. Two. Two. I am intrigued to see what your number one is. I thought this would I be your top for sure. You'll, you'll realize it when I say it. Okay. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes, very much an open world game. Uh, spent 70 hours playing this game. That's not an exaggeration. Um, <laughs> I spent a bunch of time collecting stuff. I... I mean, I would spend, I would spend hours hunting animals to get their stuff so I could upgrade uh, one part of my suit, like my, my costume or whatever that, that like, I would just, I spent just ridiculous amounts of time doing random shit that had no bearing. I would just go, I would just go around and kill the animals cause it'd be fun. Like kill the, kill the dinosaurs cause it'd be fun. I spent so much time in this world without playing the missions, uh, but I did do almost everything in this game. I almost hundred percented it, but yeah, I mean, not not only that, and I talked about it a lot, so I don't talk about it too much more. But um, the, not only that, but there's the story is amazing, uh, very 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 engrossing story. A lot of stuff you can just get into and and learn about the world um, that that is now and once was. Um, there there's there, I mean there's there's just so much. They give you so much to do in this game. 
Um, a lot of fun though. I I love that game so much. I can't wait for the next one. Looks gorgeous too. Yeah. One of the one of the prettiest games I've seen mm-hmm. uh, on the PlayStation yet for sure. Number one, Borderlands is my number oh, one. Oh, okay. I love me some Borderlands. Borderlands is the the one and only open world game that I felt compelled to go do the extra shit in. Mm-hmm. Um, Borderlands, similar to Sunset Overdrive, and just kind of the aesthetic is very punk rock. It's all about goofy shit. It's kind of comic-ish. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll shoot a guy, and his head will explode, and it'll be all bloody. But in the exploding cloud of blood, it'll say, like, blam. You know? So it's like, a, it's an interesting kind of comic aesthetic. Um, very fun. There's some dirty stuff in here. Um, there's not much of a story, really, to be had, but there is some fun missions mm-hmm. and some fun characters. And mechanically, it's really cool. The most rewarding thing in almost any game I've ever played is when you snipe someone in the head <laughs> on Borderlands, their head shoots off their body up into the sky and there's like a fountain of blood that comes out yeah. of their body, which is horrifying and graphic. And mm-hmm. it, if I ever commit any heinous crime, this will be the soundbite they use to say that this guy was always crazy. <laughs> but like that is super rewarding yeah. um, to have in a game. And I love Borderlands. I, I spent like most of a summer playing it with our good friend Fitz mm-hmm. um, as a co-op, a very fun co-op um, to play. And uh, just a, a, a big world, but kind of the first open world game that I really loved for the fact that it was an open world. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man, of course, came first, but Borderlands added more to me than just the world itself. Right. Um, so I, I really did enjoy Borderlands. I, and everyone I know who, who's played it a lot loves it. Um, so so it's not a secret that it's a great game, but that, that would be my my number one uh, open world game that I've ever played. Yeah, my number one. I I don't think it'll be surprising when I say this. Uh, what what were you guessing though? Would be on on our shared list. Any of the Tomb Raider new ones? Ooh, I didn't even think about See, that. See, I, I, that's what I that was for me. I only did the story. So yeah. to me, it really wasn't an open world game. You did more of that stuff. Yeah, because that one that one I don't really think of as an open world game because I never really went back. Yeah. To go do stuff like I would complete an area. And then move. Mm-hmm. And then the game never really made you go back. Right. Speaking of that, though, that comes out on Friday. Cannot uh, wait. Yeah. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Great review so far. Yep. I have, then I have, I have two guesses about your number one, um, but I'm pretty sure I know what it is. I don't want to spoil it. Though, so okay. Yeah. So yeah, my number one is the most recent God of War. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that, that's where I kind of classify the difference. None of the other God of Wars have been open world. This one definitely was uh, because I did travel around and it's not a huge open world. It's big enough, but it's 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 not huge. But there's a ton of side stuff to do, ton of collectibles, ton of Easter eggs. There are a ton of like a ton of things to you know to go upgrade and all that stuff. I mean, it had a great story too. Obviously, I loved the story. But yeah, I mean, it's it it it's not it wasn't it was I never felt sometimes with Horizon, like especially going into it, I kind of felt over, overwhelmed. And this, I never felt overwhelmed going into. There's a lot to do and a lot to learn, but it kind of progressively unlocked more areas. Mm-hmm. And it, because the world didn't feel as big, you can travel from one side to the other in a few minutes and, you know, it's it's fine. But each area is distinct enough. Plus, they had a thing with the Bifrost where you can go in different realms. So that that even added more of an open world to it. So um, I think they did a really good job of crafting the, the that world the norse world and all that and it uh i mean like i said has an amazing story to boot so um i think this game is is my number two game of all time and definitely my number one open world game so 
I should have known beforehand. Yeah. I, real, I realized it in the middle of your list. I was like, oh, fuck, I know what it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, certainly no surprise there for the folks that listen to the podcast because this has been, this is podcast number 30 where we've mentioned <laughs> before, I think. Um, second only to maybe the the It sequel mm-hmm. uh, in terms of <laughs> no highest <laughs> mentions on the Soko show. Um, I think the thing about an open world game, you know, if, if, if people are going to go do the extra side shit, there has to be a good reason for that. Mm-hmm. It needs to be rewarding either in terms of experience points, yep. fun Easter eggs. Um, in the case of God of War, you're learning a lot about the lore of mm-hmm. the Norse mythology. Um, add something to the game with your extra busy work. Don't make it just extra busy work. Mm-hmm. All of the, all of the games we've mentioned, I think, do a really good job of that. Yep. So it's the movement around the world. It's the addition and the uh, the rewarding extra shit to do. And of course, you know, put a good story and good characters on that too, just like any other game. Yep. So uh, this has been a really fun one. Uh, we we, yeah. we kind of came up with this idea last minute, but this has been a fun edition of Mambo Number Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five. Very excited to move into our next section. Uh, let's start with a little movie news. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Uh, we've got a little bit of news and a review from Seth, and then uh, and then I'll describe uh, a movie I saw. Um, which I'm very excited for. But first, uh, let's talk a little bit of news. I want to start with this. Um, we've been talking uh, over the past month or so about this new popular film category in the Oscars. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of hubbub about it. A lot of people excited about it. A lot of people hate it. Is Black Panther part of the reason why? Blah, 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 blah. Well, a lot of that's going to be put to bed because, Seth, it sounds like we're not going to get the popular category in this next 2019 Oscars. Yeah, uh, getting delayed for now. They came out and said that due to the due to the reception so far, which they kind of made it sound like good and bad, um, which it's all been bad. <laughs> yeah. um, they're not going to do the best popular film this year. Uh, rumors are that it's probably not going to happen at all, which would be my preference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that it won't be this year. And so I've been seeing some stuff early on because TIFF, Toronto National Film Festival, is going on right now. And it sounds like the early runners for Best Picture are Stars Born and Roma. Those are the two kind of what people are saying. Mm-hmm. But some people are also speculating Black Panther being a spoiler to, to the Best Picture. So kind of like Get Out was last year. Wait, oh, you mean it'll draw votes away and yeah. cause it to fuck up? Because it's not going to win. Well, that's the thing is potentially win because of that whole stuff. So I I don't think it'll I, win. That would disappoint me. Actually. I think, I personally think right now, not even saying the movie, but from hearing all the stuff about it, which is making me super fucking pumped, um, Star is Born is what... Oh, what, give me that movie yesterday. I know. I want, I want it, it immediately. so bad. I have, I've, I was trying to avoid trailers for a while, eventually saw it, we talked about yeah. it, gave me mega chills. Yeah. And now I've been catching just little little bits oh. and pieces of the of the ads and stuff. I love the ads they're doing for that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um. The two that I've seen, one was Dave Chappelle and one was a different character. I think Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's the dad. Yeah. Um, just doing voiceovers. Yeah. Over the entirety, and then just showing visually Only clips. You can prevent forest fires. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Smoking. That's what he used to do. That was him. Is that him? Yeah. Oh fuck! I didn't even know. He was also a marble marble old man. I can't of say that. He was. Anyway, Star is Born. Really yeah. fucking psyched for that. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, sounds like so Lady Gaga is apparently awesome. But it also sounds like Bradley Cooper, because so Bradley, Bradley Cooper played guitar, uh, learned how to play guitar for this movie. Didn't know he could sing. Apparently it's great singing. And his directing on the movie was also like, because he directed this movie, his first movie directing. Uh, apparently he's like the best director, like in terms of just like being on set with him. He, he not only like take care of, takes care of the actors and stuff, but he'll like take care of the crew. Be like, you guys need, you know, you guys good. And he, like some lowly fucking 
you know, a camera operator, like a, a lighting, someone in lighting. He just like asks them if they're doing all right, need anything. Like Bradley Cooper comes up to this person who's making like 10 bucks an hour. That's you know, cool. like <laughs> that's so cool. That's really cool because you have to be that as a director. Mm-hmm. You know, like you need all those people to to help with your vision. Like you can, you can be the most visionary director ever, but mm-hmm. if you don't have a fucking gaffer, then you're fucked. You know, um, I will say the the only director I ever met um, was really, was the same way. Yeah. Very, very cool. A lot of them are just so thankful that you're willing to go along with them mm-hmm. on this journey. And Bradley Cooper, of course, is a lot yeah. more famous. Um, he, he, that's would, such a different level. It'd be understandable <laughs> yeah. if he was going to Hollywood on you. Uh, but it's good to hear that he's a good dude. Yeah. I would love to see best picture, best director, best actor, all yeah. for Cooper. That would be exciting. To yeah. See. Cause yeah, like, I mean, something smaller, you know, like you worked on and stuff. I mean, there's, you know, just that director. It's just, you know, kind of their thing, but like he has assistants, he has an assistant director. Like he doesn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris Nolan probably doesn't go out there and talk to people. No, he's not fucking talking to, you know, Spielberg probably doesn't, you know, like, so that's cool. It's just good to hear that. Like people on the set of that movie had a great time and Mm -hmm. like had a good experience. And hopefully that translates to the movie from all the accounts. It does. I can't fucking wait to see it. I know he just tangent to that, but I'm, I'm more excited about that movie than probably anything. Yeah, No, fuck the popular. (laughs) Give me, give me that. And actually while we're on the subject of this year's Oscars, have you heard about all this drama with first man? Kind of, I guess I don't know exactly. So first man is being shown at TIFF Mm -hmm. also. Um, this by the way, for those who don't know is the Neil Armstrong kind of biopic um, about him going to the moon. Apparently, there's a very iconic scene that is not in the movie. Oh, the flag? The flag. There's no scene in First Man where Neil Armstrong plants the U.S. flag in Mm -hmm. the moon. And so a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fucking idiots are freaking out and saying that the movie is anti-America because Mm -hmm. it doesn't include that shot. Yeah. When literally it's an entire movie about the U.S. space program. Yeah. But because he doesn't plant the flag in the moon, it's anti-American. Well, yeah, and so, so it's becoming this huge debate. And uh, Gosling came out. Yeah. Uh, when he got asked and they asked, why would you, why is that not in there? First of all, Gosling didn't write the fucking movie, so it's a dumb question. <laughs> right. But him and also Damien Chazelle, mm-hmm. um, who's, who directed and wrote this, um, uh, they both have said... It, it's more about it, a man mm-hmm. and, and it's a human achievement for all of us that, that we got to the moon. It's not right. about Russia versus the U S or Mexico and fuck Mexico. Cause they didn't go to the moon. It's, it's not <laughs> about any of that. It's about people and a, specifically one guy who went to the moon so that they, that they didn't include that does not mean that it's an anti-patriotic movie. That's so dumb. Yeah. And there's also flags all over the, even just the trailer, like yeah. all their suits have flags. I mean, America's mentioned in this movie, people are just stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was, Again, a total aside, but yeah. th- that's what apparently the drama is. Uh, but apparently a great film. Yeah. A lot of people are really excited about Gosling, very, maybe the front runner for uh, Best Actor is yeah. what you're hearing. Yeah, that's what I was hearing, but uh, it kind of sounds more and more like Stars Born is kind of Best Picture. I can't fucking wait. Oh, man. I, I want to see that fucking minute one. <laughs> um, Comes out in October, so it's not that much longer. Ooh, I can't wait. Just I just want to have a Lady Gaga I can get, man. Yeah. I love it. I love her. Uh, her new album, by the way, Joanne, I think you'd really like. It's a lot less... <laughs> If I say it's a lot less Lady Gaga, uh-huh. th- does that make sense? Yeah. It's a little more acoustic, a little more heartfelt, mm-hmm. a lot less, you know, club bangers and thumping beats and stuff like that. <laughs> um, you should check that out for sure. Everyone yeah. should. Now I'm, but I'm speaking specifically to you. That was a lot of, an, that was a long aside. Yeah. Um, so no popular Oscars in, uh, speaking of the popular Oscar, another, another potential nominee for that would have been Avengers infinity war. Mm -hmm. Um, currently work is underway on the new Avengers movie 
Um, but a, an interesting piece has come out of the uh, <laughs> out of the set for Avengers four uh, coming out next year. Yeah. So Mark Ruffalo said that there an ending has not been decided upon. So I think filming has been done for a while. I'm sure there's reshoots probably going on or going to be going on. So maybe they film a new ending or film an ending in general. But uh, yeah, it's apparently there's no ending decided on yet. So um, my guess is that they probably have shot endings. Just like they, I, I think they shot a bunch of different like dust scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was my my assumption was that mm-hmm. every the the dusting. We'll leave it a little bit vague here. Yeah. Um, they shot the dusting in several different ways uh-huh. and then chose one. I, I, that's a, probably what you're assuming is happening for Avengers four, right? Yeah. I'm assuming that they, they've already, they've shot multiple endings or, you know, different, different characters being in it, blah, blah, blah. And they're probably just deciding, you know, continuing to decide. Um, I mean, it comes out in a little less than a year now, so I'm sure they're going to be deciding here soon, but mm-hmm. I'm very excited for this. And, and, It'll be, I think it's cool that they that they didn't just be like, both are shot now, we're done, because they, they did wait to see kind of what people thought. What the reaction was. Yeah. yeah, and I think they can get away with more now. I think people, this is the most, the most confidence right now that anyone has had, that people have in Marvel, is after Infinity War, people are like, okay, I'm down for everything. And so I think they have enough power now where they can do whatever the hell they want, and people are going to go along with it, so... It's going to be exciting to see what this goes. This would be a these would be hard decisions to make mm-hmm. because you're talking now about a 2021 movie that has to come to a pinhead <laughs> at the end of this next movie. How do you bring it all in? Let me ask you this quick answer. If I said this Avengers four is the most anticipated movie of all time, can you think of anything that might top it? I think maybe Force Awakens was close. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it had Force been. Awakens or maybe um, Episode one. Which was, you know, it ended up being a bad movie, but Mm -hmm. in terms of anticipation, it was up there with anything. Yeah. I would say maybe Force Awakens, though, because just because people had waited to see, you waited 30 years to see those characters again that Mm -hmm. they knew were going to be on the screen, but this might beat it um, just because of the way the last one ended and kind of people like, what's going to happen next? And the fact. But it's not even, it's not even what's going to happen. It's like, what the fuck is going to happen? Yeah. You don't have, you have no fucking clue (laughs) what's going to happen. Yeah. And and just for the fact is another reason is I think whereas like Force Awakens they had to wait thirty years to see those characters they only had to wait a year so mm-hmm. anticipation started immediately yeah and they're like oh my god we have to wait a year we only have to wait a year for this and so people the the, the whole like forgetting about it type thing that kind of almost happened with like even prior to Infinity War like you know between Ultron and Infinity War people kind of like oh yeah well, you know we're getting the Infinity Stones blah 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 and then they in this case and then people got excited for three but now this case people saw three and they're like holy shit knew they only had to wait a year so they don't forget about it people have mm-hmm. been talking about this movie ever since mm-hmm. ever since it and came it'll out. continue all the way through because yeah. as soon as you think it's starting to die out they'll mm-hmm. put they'll give you the title yep and then they'll give you the trailer trailer yeah. and it's only it is it's gonna ramp up it's gonna break every trailer on youtube record yeah every pre-sale tickets record i would not be surprised at all if it breaks the the all-time record yeah i wouldn't either. for grossing because world it has worldwide appeal mm-hmm. um you know star wars doesn't really have that anymore so mm-hmm. so they're not going to be pushing for that but i'm i'm excited not only for the movie but for everything surrounding it yeah it's going to be really fun to see well, we're going to have to wait on Avengers 4, uh, but we are getting movies right now. 
Are we? (laughs) (laughs) Movies are coming out all the time. All the time. And you went to one this last week, Mm -hmm. um, a little bit under the radar. I don't think a lot of people have heard of this other than in the festival scene. It's been a little bit of a darling. Uh, Tell the folks what you've seen. I saw a movie that won a bunch of awards at Sundance. I think it won the audience award at Sundance, which is like kind of the big one. Oh, no, sorry. It won the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance, which is the big one. That's the big Sundance award. Uh, it's called The Miseducation of Cameron Post, uh, which is a movie that stars Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, a.k.a. Hit Girl uh, from Kick-Ass. Basically, the story here is uh, Chloe Grace, Grace Moretz's character, Cameron Post. Uh, she is caught making out um, slash having, having sex with a girl on like prom night. <gasps> Yeah, and this is in the 90s, so this is like early, mid-90s. They don't give an exact time, but of course, uh, you know, not not the most accepted thing back then. And uh, she also is living with a religious family. So they send her off to a place called God's Promise, which is like a, a kind of a scared straight thing for, you know, gay people. Turn them, turn them straight again. Also one of my favorite Drake songs. <laughs> I mean, that that's the entire plot right there. I mean, that that's kind of where everything goes from there. Um, so to to really go in deep with it, it, I don't really want to spoil anything for it. But yeah, it's it's a very it's very interesting subject matter, uh, of course, because uh, the, I mean, these these were these were things back then. And, the, the, you know, the, these scared straight type of stuff. Um, I don't think I mean, I'm sure st- I'm sure they still kind of happen. Uh, but this is like a camp for it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I haven't really heard of these things, um, like since, but I remember hearing about them back in the day. Uh, first time I can think about this being depicted in, in a movie, which is kind of interesting. This movie is, is weird, um, for me. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's, <laughs> we- analysis. <laughs> yeah, it's weird in terms of like the, all, I mean, all this, the subject matter and all that stuff makes sense. It's not like a weird psychological trippy movie. I think the, the, what was weird about this movie was, the 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 way it was edited almost um there's there's kind of a lot of like dream sequences that kind of come in and out and they're not always completely defined which makes it kind of weird to follow sometimes like when they go into the dream sequences it's not completely clear that's a dream and then it'll come out of the dream mm-hmm. and you're like oh that was a dream but it just it was kind of jarring in terms of that that type of stuff um that's where it was weird um but the subject matter was very interesting um it's it's a movie that because of when you think about like the religious side of it and like the scared straight stuff, the 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 antagonists are completely hateable. Oh god, yeah. Um, to the point where, you know, sometimes in these movies there's a little bit of redemption for either that character, you know, like oh they see their ways, or uh, redemption for the, you know, for the main character they get their comeuppance. And there's for me it never felt a hundred percent that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some aspects of it. And again, I don't want to go too deep into it, but I think that was my main problem with the movie. Um, I do think though, very well acted movie, Cla- Clara Grace Moretz. Um, she's, I, I talked, talked to this, uh, with the person I went with, um, for me to, for an actor, especially when I've seen a lot, I've seen mm-hmm. her in a lot of stuff. I really think if, if they can quickly make me not think of their hit big roles, that I think that they, they they're really good at what they do and in, in turning good performances. Brian Cranston is always my number one thing. Mm-hmm. Favorite show ever, Breaking Bad. Walt he's Walter White. But when I see him in a movie, I pretty much instantly never think of Walter White. You yeah. know, 
Um, same thing here with her. You know, Kickass was uh, her her hit girl. You know, I can always anytime anytime anyone says her name, I think hit girl, right? But anytime I see her in a movie, instantly she's that character. Yeah, she does and, a good job. And same thing here. She she is she has to do. She has a lot of emotional range in this movie. She you know she for a lot of it she's very like kind of tight uptight. But then she has to cry or she has to laugh. She has to sing. Like, she does a lot in this movie. She she definitely carries this movie 100%. Because mm-hmm. there isn't a lot of, uh, of other actors in this movie that you would know. The only one that I knew uh, is Marin Ireland, which you wouldn't know who that is. <laughs> um, she was on Sneaky Pete. And okay. she, she she does nothing in this movie. Um, she says, like, two lines and is kind of just in the background some of the time. So, she you know, it, it's really on Chloe Grace Moretz to do this. She has a couple buddies in this movie too. That I that that's when I thought when the movie was was at its best. Um, there's this girl. She doesn't have a leg, um, and she's she's gay. They're all gay that's in this in this camp. And then uh, this dude who's uh, Indian, like Native American, and he um, he's he's basically like forced off of his land because of something that happened um, where he was accepted and now isn't for it. Mm. Um, and so they, they create a really cool bond uh, in this movie. And that's when I thought was this worked at its best. That's when you kind of felt happy for them because they found each other and they're, you know, they get along and they kind of, they, uh, they commiserate with each other and, but they also joke about it and stuff. But then there's some like really heavy, serious moments of these other characters that, just don't feel good watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I normally am not a person, you know, I enjoy movies that are like that, but this just never, in a lot of those movies, there's not necessarily a message because there's a definitely a message in this movie. It just feels, I don't know. I, I really don't know how to describe it. I, I, I guess like those movies, it was, it that was like the whole movie, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're just, you're, you're kind of discover you're, you're exploring that character through all that. Whereas like this one, because of the way it was edited and because it just kind of felt like those happy moments that happened were like there'd be a happy moment, sad moment, happy moment, sad moment. And like it just never felt completely balanced, mm-hmm. and it never felt like a a movie like a you know like the third three act structure. I guess there yeah that that's probably what I'm thinking more. There mm-hmm. was never really a three act structure throughout the whole thing. Is what I felt. Okay. And when it ended, I just never felt like yeah you know mm-hmm. I, it was just kind of like oh it's over now it's done yeah yeah. Um, so I think as a whole I didn't necessarily dislike the movie but i didn't love it either i kind of i think i had high expectation too high expectations going in because it won the grand jury prize mm-hmm. and hearing some things about it going in i think i think it's a, i think it is kind of an important movie to see because of the subject matter and and it's definitely right for its time but it also it's just i would say kind of temper expectations going in a little bit yeah, this is one um, I had not heard about. Do I do love Chloe Grace Moretz, and to hear that she's doing well is is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to get when some of these young actors grow up. Yeah. Um, so great to hear that she she does well in this. Um, I like the idea of the subject matter. Um, this one is um, something that people can check out now. Is it on VOD yet? No, or it's only in theaters. I think it's just in theaters right now. Okay, so people are going to want to check this one out for sure. I, I have heard a lot of of positive praise yet. Um, do you think it's it's maybe up into the consideration for some Oscar contention no. or maybe not quite? Maybe maybe her, she could potentially, Chloe Grace Moretz could potentially get a nod, but this movie as a whole I don't think would. Sure, sure. So uh, may not get the publicity um, so much if it's not nominated. So make sure that uh, if, you, if it sounds like something you're interested in that you go seek it out on VOD when it comes out. This is The Miseducation of Cameron Post. 
So um, it gets a, it gets a, uh, yeah, maybe you want to see it, maybe you don't from Seth. <laughs> yeah. um, but it uh, sounds like Chloe Grace uh, Moretz is kind of the standout. So if you do want to see her in a great performance, make sure you're checking this one out. So the only place I would like to go to less than a gay conversion camp <laughs> would be to a horrifying, haunted fucking nun castle. Um, and... <laughs> A horrifying nun castle. Yeah, and that is exactly where we're about to go because I went to see The Nun this weekend. And for a lot of folks, uh, scary movies are very exciting and fun to go to. And for some people like Seth, and I imagine some of our listeners... Uh, horror films are not their bag. So if you are not a person who wants to watch the movie for yourself, but you still want to know what happened, uh, I am about to help you out and explain the plot of The Nun. Ah! <laughs> I forgot about that one. That is an ancient sounder. One, one that we should probably update. Um, I don't know who that who that girl was screaming at the end. But uh, and a very gifted, very gifted actress. Uh, before I jump into the plot here, I do want to point out, I'm literally going to tell you everything that happens in The Nun right now. So if you're going to go watch The Nun, um, do that. Um, I will give it a recommend. If you're a horror fan, I think you'll like The Nun. Oh, really? If you've liked, uh, if you've liked The Conjuring... Let me let me wind that back. Yeah, because the it, reviews have been the reviews good. have not been great. Yeah. Um, I think that it, it is not in the upper echelon of horror movies in general. Um, but I will say that if you like the horror, if you like the Conjuring universe, mm-hmm. um, this is an, a good addition to it. Okay, um, that 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 is what I will say. Um, decent acting, some pretty good scares. You know about what you might expect. Sure. Nothing that they're not reinventing any wheels here. Um, so I think it's worth seeing for horror fans. But it's it's not for someone like you, Seth, who who only wants to go see the really great ones. <laughs> yeah, leave it off your list. Will do. <laughs> so in uh, the Conjuring Part Two, we were introduced. Wait, to... let's turn the lights down. Let's not. Um, <laughs> in the Conjuring Part Two, we were introduced to Valak, who is um, a scary nun, and <laughs> what we're getting now is the sort of origin story of the of Valak, the scary nun. So what what we open with is a scene in which um, two nuns are going through a very creepy hallway and they're going to a door at the end of that hallway that says, God ends here. Oh. Which is not typically a door you want to open. Yeah. Um, as is evidenced by what happens to these bitches. So, <laughs> so. Uh, these bitches. They are, they're finna go into this back dungeon place and one of the nuns says to the other, we need to close the gate. And we can only close the gate with this tool. And she doesn't say what the tool is. Um, but she says, you wait here. I'm going to go in here and, and do this. I'll be right back. You know how this is about Uh-oh. to Uh-oh. She so ain't coming back. She goes into the room and it's a dark, you can't see what's behind the door. Um, the door is open, but it's just dark in there. Mm-hmm. And you do a very slow zoom in on the darkness of the door. And then blah, she reaches out with her hand and it's all bloody and it's like shaking. And then she like starts to crawl out of the door and you can see that she's been totally fucked up by something. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, you know, run, get out of here. You know, it needs a, it needs a human host to escape. You know what to do. And she throws this big key to, um, the other nun who's a younger nun. Mm -hmm. The younger nun goes running back through the hallway and she hears some horrifying screaming and shit behind her. And there's this dark cloud kind of chasing her. And she comes into this room and she opens this big window and then from behind her, you start to see all the lights in this hallway start going out. Doom. Oh no. Doom. And you can see the shape coming forward through, uh, and it's the shape of the nun. Mm-hmm. And 
what this what this uh, this good nun does is she throws a noose over her neck and jumps out the window. Sweet. Hangs herself, presumably because again the de- the demon thing that is the nun needs a human host. Right. Right. So she kills herself so that. She- Wait, but isn't there already a human host? Um, apparently she didn't use the woman she killed. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I still I, that I that I never put together. Um, so fast forward to the next day or a few days later, and there's a guy who is um, delivering supplies to the nunnery, mm-hmm. and he sees this bitch hanging, mm-hmm. um, and and he's like, oh crap, you know, someone's hanging here. Right. I gotta do some. So you know, he kind of tells people. Um, at that point, we're transported to Rome, where the Vatican has brought in. Um, a guy whose job it is to do like exorcisms and explore the the miracles and th- they call him a miracle hunter. So the, his job is in crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And what they want him to do is go to this nunnery and decide whether or not it is still a holy place. Right. Sure. Um, after the suicide, because suicide is like the ultimate sin. To right. Catholic. So um, they say, you're going to you're going to go there and look and we want you to take this specific nun in training to go with you because she's familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go now to a different place where um, Teza Farmiga, who is the female lead in this, sure. is... Um, Sounds she, like a Star Wars character. Yeah. She's Vera Farmiga's um, younger sister. Um, Vera Farmiga is the female lead in the rest of the Conjuring movies. So you've seen her. Okay. So is this is this in present times? No. This is way before. So this is like 1952. Okay. I think is the so year. Vera Farmiga, who's the, you said she's, that's her sister. The, the actresses are sisters. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I yeah, got it now. Yeah. Characters so, are not sisters. No, characters aren't sisters. Okay. Um, so anyway, it just so happens, I guess that they fucking cast it this way. Weird. Um, so, uh, Taza Farmiga is Irene. Okay. And Irene is a nun in training who has not yet taken her vows. Okay. So, um, when, when the guy shows up and is like, hey, we got to go do this mission, she's like, uh, I'm not even a nun yet, so no. <laughs> um, no, actually, she says she'll do it. So, um, so they Credits. Go- <laughs> 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 oh, she's going to wish that that's how she ended up doing it. Anyway, she, um, her and the guy go to uh, like Romania, where this <laughs> is. They get the guy who found them, or who found the body, and they get him to take them to the nunnery. And so they're kind of, you know, going through the forest and it's creepy as fuck. And they see all these crosses um, in the forest that are very creepy. Of course they do. Yeah. And um, they make their way to the nunnery. And um, the guy, by the way, his name is Frenchie. So there's the father, there's Irene, and there's Frenchie. The father, the soul, the the ghost, the holy Frenchie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, nailed it. Um, So Irene and... Well, all three of them, they go into the dungeon and not the dungeon. They go into the castle, castle nunnery or whatever. <laughs> the nun castle. Yeah, whatever it is. And they are like, hey, is anybody here? Like, you know, what's up? And there's this one, this one nun shows up and she's like veiled. So you can't see her face. Mm-hmm. And she, she like, this is how she talks. <laughs> it's very fucking gross and old sounding. And she's like. Okay, first of all, get this Frenchie guy the fuck out of here. (laughs) I don't like him. He's not a part of our church, so peace out. So Frenchie leaves. They say, Frenchie, go back to the village. Come back and get us in like two days or whatever. (laughs) Is his name actually Frenchie? Yeah, that's what they call him. Um, And so (laughs) he... seems very derogatory. Yeah. 
Uh, he's he is French, so he I, he likes it, I guess. Okay. Anyway, Frenchie fucks off back to the village, and what the the creepy old bitch goes, um, well, it's so apparently between uh, sundown and sun up, the nuns all take a vow of silence. And they're like, we're about to fucking do that. So you guys have to stay overnight until we can talk in the morning. (laughs) And they're just like, okay. (laughs) So, so they go to like their living quarters where they're going to live. And two things kind of, three things kind of happen then. Um, One, you start to get some Irene backstory. It turns out that the reason she wants to be a nun is that she was having these crazy ass visions that were kind of holy. And there was a thing where, like she was haunted by this thought that was like Mary points the way Mary points the way and she was having all these horrifying visions and then a priest helped her get rid of the visions mm-hmm. and um, that's why she wanted to go become a nun. So that you get her backstory. Poor Frenchie is working his way back fucking to the village Frenchie. and he gets back to the um, area where there's all those creepy fucking crosses. Oh no. And he starts seeing nuns walking around. Nope. And he's like kind of like what the fuck guys what's with all the nuns. <laughs> And he, um, he's walking and all of a sudden he's looking around and then all of a sudden down from above him, there, uh, a nun drops down and is hanging in front of him by a rope. And so it, it's like, ah, and it drops down and it's hanging and, and he's like, oh crap, well, you know, and then he looks up at it and all of a sudden its face turns from like dead nun to like fucking demon. And it's like, ah, and it jumps down from where it was hanging. And it gets on him and it's in his fucking face. And it's like in his face. And at that point I'm freaking out because I can handle like blah and done scare. But if it's blah for like a while, I start to, I start to freak out. So I've, I've like curled my ass up into the fucking theater chair because this nun is screaming in his face. And isn't it an IMAX theater chair? Oh, it's an IMAX theater chair, baby. So it is loud as fuck. And um, anyway, he eventually gets that nun off him and he kind of crawls away <laughs> and he crawls into the field of crosses and the, the nun is coming at him, but it stops because it won't go into the crosses because okay. it's a demon. So Frenchie, this is one of the funniest parts of the movie. He goes, oh, okay, I see what's up. And he picks a cross up out of the ground and carries it with him mm-hmm. <laughs> and he leaves. Okay. And so he escapes. And so um, you learn about Taser Farming or uh, Irene's backstory. Um, you learn a little bit of backstory also about the priest. Um, he has a, um, uh, history of doing like exorcisms okay. and he's kind of haunted by this one exorcism he did where this kid was Emily acting. Rose. No, it was not Emily Rose. It was okay. her brother, Jacob Rose. <laughs> um, anyway, he, he jumped to the conclusion that this kid was possessed. Um, and then when he did the exorcism, the kid died. Oh, and good. so he feels guilty for doing that because it, you know, it should, as one should, that's not what he should have done. Yeah. And so he's haunted by kind of visions and stuff of this kid so when they're sleeping um the father kind of wakes up and he's like oh um you know uh this kid is like running around in the fucking nunnery and so the father starts to kind of chase him and is like what's up what's going on and the kid is like got a fucking haunted voice and stuff and he's like why'd you let me die and stuff (laughs) and so the kid's giving him a bunch of creepy stuff and the kid leads him out into the woods he leads him out into the same woods where Frenchie just was. And so mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you know, it's about to go down. And so this kid is like running around and hiding behind shit. And eventually um, there's a lot of kind of cat and mouse with the two of them. And he'll jump out and scare you a couple of mm-hmm. times. And eventually this kid, um, the father kind of shines a light on him and the kid looks at him and the kid starts kind of heaving. And eventually he goes fucking blah and he throws up a snake. 
Oh no. A snake. Oh no. Come oh, and it gets worse, baby. <laughs> A snake comes Baby. fucking crawling out of this kid. The kid's like, Bleh, and the snake just keeps crawling out of this kid's mouth like a goddamn clown trick. And the snake fucking goes along the ground. And then it gets kind of up in that snake position and it bites at the priest, uh, the father. And the father's like, oh, fuck, a snake. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, ah, and he backs up and he trips and he falls into a grave that had been dug. Oh, no. And he falls into the coffin at the bottom of it. And the coffin closes. Oh, no. And it buries him alive. <laughs> so <laughs> I am in a full flop sweat at this point because this fucking snake jumped out. And when he tried to escape, he got buried alive in two seconds. And I'm like, oh, okay, fuck this movie. <laughs> And so the only thing it needed to do was add spiders and you would have killed yourself. Oh my God. Luckily there's no spiders. So, um, he's now buried alive and they have one of those old plague things where you can ring a little bell. Um, you know, there's a string that goes down into the grave. Where yeah, you yeah. can Pull it and it'll ring the bell at the top. So he's ringing the fuck out of that. Like <laughs> someone fucking come help me cause I'm buried alive. Yeah. And we cut back to Taza Farmiga and she, there's some creepy shit going on with her too. She's woken up now and some stuff is kind of, not chasing her around, but kind of that cat and mouse. Whoa, it's a little scary. And then she continues on a little bit. So that's sure. kind of going on. Um, eventually, I think she's, so she's looking around. Oh, I'm pretty sure at this point she walks into like a chapel mm-hmm. and she sees a bunch of nuns in there kind of praying and they're all praying to the front, but there's no one up at the front, but there's this big shadow in the shape of a nun and the shadow starts moving around in the church. And it moves and moves and moves and Irene turns and is watching it and it moves from the shadow and it, as it walks into the frame of this mirror, it turns from a shadow into the reflection of a nun walking up to Irene, but you're looking at the mirror. So you can see that it's behind her Mm -hmm. and, um, she's looking at it and she's like, what the fuck? And when she turns, it's a scary ass nun going "Ah!" right in her fucking face. (laughs) So Irene takes off running. Um, she's like, father, father, father. And then it, it, you see it cuts. So Irene runs off and then it looks back into that chapel and there's Uh no nuns in there. And so it's like, what the fuck? And so Irene runs out into the woods and she starts hearing the ding and of the, the bell that the other guy's ringing. So she goes out there and she's like, oh, there it is. You know, I see that he's ringing the bell. And then all of a sudden all the bells start ringing. Uh Oh, um, so the ghosts are like, ha ha, you don't know which one. (laughs) And, um, and she goes into this weird trance and has a vision that kind of like shuts up all the demon stuff Uh and only the one dinging bell is remaining. So she digs the guy up and saves him. (laughs) Um, while she's digging him up though, somehow a nun is now in the coffin with the guy. And it like reaches up from behind him and is like with its hands and it's is grabbing it. So he's like kicking around in the thing, which freaked me out because he's kicking around. <laughs> and like, he can't get out of this coffin. <laughs> and eventually she digs him out and she she opens the coffin door and he's going like, Aah! and then he stops because there's nothing anymore. And then so she digs him up. They get back out. I shit you not. They go back to the nunnery and go to sleep. What? Yeah, that's what they do. So it cuts to like the next morning. They just went back to bed and we're like, yeah, okay. And then they just go about their business the next day. The, the, it That's was the, really stupid. Yeah, it was the, that was the dumbest thing about this whole movie. Um, then the next day they start kind of investigating. 
uh, Irene goes with the nuns and is starting to kind of um, talk to them and get the history of the place and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the father is going through books and shit, trying to figure out the history of the place. Um, what they find out is that Irene finds out from a friend at the same time the father finds out from book that there was a guy who built this castle who wanted to open up a portal to hell. Mm-hmm. And he did it. He achieved it. And the Catholic Church sent um, like crusaders to kill him and shut the portal. And they did that. Okay. And they left the the way that they shut the portal was they had a they had this like egg thing that contained the actual literal blood of Jesus Christ in it. And so that is the only thing that has the power to close this portal. Uh Right. So the idea is they put the nunnery there because in order to keep the portal closed, they need to be constantly praying at it in order for it to stay closed. If all the nuns were gone and no one was there to pray the it would come out and be out there. Okay. That's Valak is the demon. So you get all that backstory. Right. And they both, everyone figures this out, but uh Oh, they get locked inside the, you know, it's time for the vow of silence. So they lock up the castle mm-hmm. and so they get locked inside. So they're in there for the night that happens. There's a couple extra scenes where just some scary shit happens. Right. So like the kid shows back up, um, barking there's up that, snakes. There's that creepy fucking lady again. And so Irene gets into this scene where, Okay, so kind of two things happen. One, the father is talking to the creepy-ass old lady about stuff. And basically, she she just goes like, I'm done talking now. And just kind of slumps over and stops. <laughs> and then he, he like goes to shake her awake. And she like sits up and is now a demon and goes like, Wah! and starts grabbing at him. And he pulls away and pulls her arm off. <laughs> and so he like lets that fall and he runs off. Same time, Irene is now... Um, Basically, she's been put to bed, right? Her night is kind of over, so she's been put to bed. And she wakes up, and there's a person in her room praying. And she goes up and tries to shake them and be like, hey, why the fuck are you in my room praying? And it turns around and is another demon nun. And she's like, ah! And so she jumps her. (laughs) Everyone's running around in the fucking thing, being chased by crazy nuns. Uh And I don't remember how, but eventually everything calms down. Irene ends up in a... She's in with the nuns praying to keep the door closed mm-hmm. because the, everything kind of starts freaking out. And so they're like, everyone needs to pray now or the shit's going to open up. Right. And so they start doing that. And um, while Irene is doing that, the um, the father is chasing a lead um, that he, he thinks that he thinks that the, the weapon, the Jesus blood thing. He thinks he knows where it is, so he's looking for it. Mm-hmm. And he gets attacked by another crazy nun. But then, right when it's about to get him, boom, it gets his fucking head chopped off by an axe wielded by... Yeah. Okay. Wielded by Frenchie. So oh, no, Frenchie's back. Frenchie's back. He came back to get him, and he hacked the... So he, he hacks the head, nun's head off with an axe, but he's also carrying a shotgun. And the father Sweet. goes, why don't you use the shotgun? And he said, I thought I'd save it for an emergency. So that's another funny line. Frenchie's, by the way, the only comedy in this. So Frenchie and the priest, or the father, they run into the chapel mm-hmm. where the um, uh, Irene is praying with all the nuns. Right before they got there, Irene was praying, and it just it looked like all of the nuns had made a circle around her in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, there's this big vibration and a big boom, and all of the nuns exploded out away from Irene. 
Oh no. So it was just her left in the room and she's still praying really hard and her, <laughs> the back of her shirt opens up oh, and no. you can see, you can't see what's doing it, but you can see she's being carved into. And so she's trying to pray through this pain or whatever. And it's really intense. And she, it gets a, one of those pentagram star yeah. star things carved into her back. And that happens. And, oh, let me back up just a second. The reason they're all in that room praying is because they found one of their nun friend. Her nun friend was found dead. And so that nun friend is laying up at the front of the chapel and they're kind of praying for her soul and shit. Okay. So then they run in, the, the other two guys do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Irene, what the fuck is up? And she's like, I'm just in here praying with all the nuns, but there aren't any other nuns in there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, where the fuck are all the nuns? They're, they're literally just all gone. Um, and then they, they're like, Oh, what the fuck is that? Why is there a body over there? And Irene's like, Oh, you know, whatever sister died. And they go up and they pull the sheet off of it. And it's not who she thought it was. It's like a 100 year old dead body. Oh no. So the reveal there is there was never any nuns in this place at all. All the people they thought were alive were demon projections or whatever the fuck. Uh huh. And so, um, the evil is loose already currently. They're they're not trying to prevent it from getting loose. It is loose. Okay. Um, and when the, the last of the nuns were the ones that killed themselves in the very beginning. Ah. And so the valet can't leave though without a person. Right. Ah. So it's drawn them in so it can get them. Okay. So now begins, uh, kind of this thing where they need to a find the Jesus weapon to close the portal right and three take on valak mm-hmm. so that all just kind that all kind of happens right they mm-hmm. they quickly find the weapon um there's a pretty intense scene where valak gets irene and possesses starts to kind of try to possess her mm-hmm. and um frenchie comes into the room where that oh here comes frenchie where, where that's going on and shotgun um he does have the shotgun but irene is in the room she has a hood over her head okay. and there are like a hundred of her Ah. So he doesn't know which ones are demons and which one's her. Mm -hmm. So he is moving around and kind of looking at each one to figure it out. Eventually he pulls up the hood of one and it's a demon that goes and chases him around and shit. Mm -hmm. Valak um, possesses her and she starts going like, I'm going to fucking kill you, Frenchie, and yelling at him about how pathetic (laughs) he is like demons tend to do. (laughs) And Frenchie throws some of the Jesus blood on it because they've Uh gotten it by now. And it blasts the blast valak out of irene okay so um they get they get that irene runs off but valak grabs frenchy mm-hmm. and is like i'm gonna fucking kill you frenchy and then he like shotguns her there you go and then um they run away and they end up all in this pool somehow like a flooded area of the church mm-hmm. and valak has a snake came out of that boy again and bit and bit the priest on the eye. So sure. he's kind of writhing around. Frenchie got just absolutely power bombed <laughs> um, into a wall, and so he's a little debilitated. So Valak it has a hold of Irene and is drowning her in the water. Man, yeah, it, it was, they hit the trifecta for Cody. <laughs> and so there's this kind of intense thing where Irene is drowning, and she's like trying. She's got. She's trying to reach for the the Jesus blood thing that's floating near her. Mm-hmm. And then eventually she goes limp and Valak, which right now just looks like a demon nun lifts Irene up out like the big show and <laughs> is looking at her in the face and starts to like do whatever it is you do to possess a person. So uh-huh. she just like starts to 
like make an ugly face at her. And Irene opens her mouth, opens her eyes and goes, and, and apparently she had gotten a hold of the Jesus thing, put, put a bunch mouth. of the blood into her mouth, and she absolutely just snowballs it <laughs> all over the face of the nun. And uh, Valak freaks out and dies. And so they have saved the day. Um, they go through this ritual to um, seal up the gate and everything is kind of good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then they leave and they they enter in their... Uh, findings which are that this is not a holy place anymore mm-hmm. um and so it kind of ends and then um but in an epilogue you find out that Frenchie. oh no yeah this was this was really cool i thought um Frenchie has already been in a conjuring movie in the conjuring number two they talk about the Amityville haunting, uh-huh. a fam- very famous Amityville haunting. Uh, Elaine War- or Lorraine Lauren, who's the main woman of the series, the Conjuring uh-huh. series. She, um, they were, they were uh, exercising this, the dad from the Amityville haunting. Uh-huh. And um, she saw some vision that freaked her the fuck out. And in the Conjuring 2, they just really allude to that. She saw something that freaked her out and mm-hmm. they never talk about it. And it's revealed in the conjuring too, that the thing that she saw was Valak killing her husband and they, they resolve all that in the conjuring too. And they kill Valak. Mm -hmm. Um, but you find out that that guy in like a throwaway, you know, um, exposition scene in conjuring two is fucking Frenchie. Oh no. Valak had possessed Frenchie and then all that other stuff was fake. Um, it, it let them, it let them think it killed it. And then escaped in Frenchie. And then Frenchie went on to go have a life. And then he, he was the Amityville haunting was Frenchie was possessed and uh, killed, killed his whole family. Okay, so you've so, already met Frenchie. So Valak didn't die in this, in the movie then. Technically. Right. In, in the nun. Not in the nun. Okay. They did in, in the conjuring. Yes. Um, okay. They, they kill it in the conjuring, but this is way before. Okay. So you find out that Valak even though they thought they killed it in the nun, escaped, became Frenchie, mm-hmm. caused the Amityville haunting, caused the Conjuring 2 to happen, and then was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, what is weird, though, is they do... This happens like 20 years or so before anything in the Conjuring. Mm-hmm. They purposely cast the sister of Vera Farmiga to play Irene, mm-hmm. right? The timing works out where she would age into being Lorraine Warren, mm-hmm. and they look alike, and they even did a cut at the end where um, they're showing the Amityville, they're showing the Amityville haunting um, footage that was in The Conjuring Two, mm-hmm. and you see Lorraine scream, and then it freeze frames, and then fades into Irene doing her, you know, the rest of her life. So it's like they want you to know that something is up between the two of them, mm-hmm. but you don't know what. Um, and so it's either that they're related, or that it's her, and something happened to her because she has visions. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing Lorraine does. It has visions. Ah. So um, they want you to know something is up between the two of them, but you don't know what. Right. Because if it is her, she's got like her memory wiped or some shit happened to her. Because mm-hmm. she also is a nun, you know, and mm-hmm. she takes her nun vows at the end and becomes a nun. But Lorraine Warren's not a nun at all. Yeah. So um, it's something is going on there. And, right. And they're going to need to explore that. So. In the way that it connects to the rest of the Conjuring universe, I think was a highlight for me on this. Okay. Um, 
And other than that, it's a pretty run of the mill horror movie. Right. I would say, but, but you know, all you need to know now Uh, that that's, that's pretty much how, that's pretty much how uh, it all shakes out. (laughs) (laughs) I do know they're doing another spinoff of another character. Crooked man. Crooked man. Crooked man's cool. He's creepy as fuck. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, they're expanding more, and this made an ass load of money mm-hmm. this weekend. Made like fifty three million dollars this weekend. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna see something of a dive in week two. Yeah, because um, I think word of mouth, the reviews and stuff haven't, haven't mm-hmm. been great. Um, I thought it was fine, perfectly enjoyable, or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's gonna be like some huge blockbuster forever. But yeah, kind of. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I do. I, I do find the Conjuring universe interesting in terms I of know like you fucking do all of the uh, <laughs> all of the different ways it ties in, and and the way they still keep. Stuff kind of open enough where they can explore it more, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. So it's really, I'll never see them, but it's similar to Paranormal Activity to me, where they built they they built Paranormal Activity as a normal, just a regular ass movie that was it, mm-hmm. and then they built everything out from only things that you saw in that movie. Mm-hmm. Conjuring is kind of doing a little bit of that. This was a total throwaway scene in The Conjuring Two, mm-hmm. and then they connected that to basically just the fact that nuns are creepy <laughs> right you know, that the whole point of that demon being in in conjuring 2 was nuns are creepy mm-hmm. and they said okay let's make a movie about creepy nuns and let's find some tenuous way to connect it to the rest of the universe and they did that and i loved it right so yeah i'll, I'll continue to watch all the conjuring universe stuff mm-hmm. um you know it, they're not great in and of themselves but you know there's an added you know, you're trying to figure out. I did notice some Easter eggs in this where you could see the word Valak in different places oh, throughout cool. the movie. So that was kind of interesting. So, yeah, it's, it's worth seeing for some, but, you know, not for everybody. All right. Uh, getting to the end of a long show today. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's finish up with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. My one more thing is a quick one. IMAX theaters, dude. If you can watch a movie, <laughs> if you can get to an IMAX, people get to an IMAX. Sure, it's twenty dollars for a movie, <laughs> but when a nun is screaming and your chair, I swear to Jesus, is vibrating from the sound, it is that is the best way to watch. <laughs> Action would be, be the best. I wish I could have seen Mission Impossible in this fucking thing. Um, horror is absolutely like it was so fucking loud <laughs> that that helped and and the sound more the screen is cool fine mm-hmm. but the sound in an IMAX theater get the the Dolby Digital the RPX whatever it is the premium sound in your theater is watch movies that way sound is ninety percent of the battle and that's well I'm not seeing a horror movie in yeah. IMAX ever <laughs> uh, I, I I I'm endorsing IMAX as a preferred way to watch uh, movies. That's my that's my one more thing. All right, you're going to be on the IMAX poster. <laughs> you mentioned Easter eggs a little bit ago, and I was talking about it with Spider Man. Um, one thing kind of popped up on on a little bit of a news cycle this week. I thought it was kind of funny. One of the there's a developer on on uh, Spider Man at Insomniac who really wanted to propose uh to his his girl longtime girlfriend like for five years in kind of a cool and creative way and so he uh asked the the game the game's director if he could put in his proposal in the game and so in the game you can go to a theater and it says will you marry me and then her name i can't remember what her name is um turns out that um before shortly before the game was released or a short you know a few weeks ago or something like that uh him and this girl broke up <laughs> and so now uh this this exists in the game still um 
with a broken relationship, uh, which is kind of sad, but also hilarious. Uh, but it sounds like they're going to release an update to get rid of that soon. <laughs> that's a hilarious. Yeah. I love that there's going to be a patch that's going to yeah. solve that. That's fucking great. Um, what a really sweet. That sucks. Yeah. You know, because if you're at the end of that relationship, you got to simultaneously being like, man, I hate this chick. I want her fucking away from me. But then also it's like, I did the coolest thing. So like, I probably should go through with this proposal. Mm -hmm. And then also she's being a big D. Um, They're probably being big D's to each other. And she doesn't know this is going on. So now she's going to be like, oh, he did that really sweet thing for me. And everyone's going to probably give her hate. (laughs) Um, So it's it's all a big, funny, stupid fucking thing. So I, I, that's funny. I love it. Well, good. IMAX and Spider Proposals uh, this week for one more thing. But I'm down to one more more thing. That's going to do it for this 61st episode of the SoCo Show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you may be listening. Hit us up on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael. Let me know what you thought of The Nun at Seth O'Ott. Let him know what you think of Spider-Man and at SoCo Show Pod. What are some of your favorite open world games? Were there any we missed out on? in our list let us know um don't forget also to subscribe on youtube at jared buckendall we did just see uh jared posted a retro jb classic for the original predator movie yeah so we're going to be checking that out as soon as we wrap the uh recording up also want to give a a belated happy birthday shout out um to jared he celebrates his 38th birthday (laughs) uh this week so uh send him a belated twitter message um on the tweets at jared buckendall and let him know you're thinking about him you say it's your birthday you know that one? No. The the Beatles one? The Beatles birthday song? I don't know the Beatles You haven't birthday heard song. that one? I mean, I probably have heard it. I don't... You say it's your birthday. That's Is all that I it? know. That's, That's all it. I know. <laughs> it's a great fucking song. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget about our sponsors, folks. AudibleTrial.com slash SoCo. 30 days and your first book for free. Free. If you want to pay for some graphic design work, uh, make sure you check out Mathis Designs on Etsy. Etsy. And if paid. you want, and if you want your wood worked, uh, make sure you check out. Uh, oh, we didn't do that spot in the show proper, did we? No, but you just put. Well, we're doing enough. it here. If you want your wood worked, it's, uh, it's Etsy. Good. Etsy it's shop. Show. Don't corn go back. fed and wed on Etsy. Uh, Mike V will do you some uh, some beanbag boards and all sorts of other fun stuff. Wood. Wood indeed. Uh, Once again, this has been episode 61 of the show. Uh, We'll see you back for 62 very soon. This has been the co-host, Cody Michael. For the so-host, Seth Ott, we will see you next week. Bye. Oh, you almost made it. (laughs) 